From downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, I'm back from Abu Dhabi, here to talk about all the games and stuff that I played in Abu Dhabi. Go home and take care of your grandmas. I'm not going to take your bananas. The nightmare is over, and it's just begun. same and one of the same whatever welcome to nintendo main podcast episode 281 your place for hosts returning after two weeks to talk to you about games that they played in other countries and all that stuff and also i wanted to say you know thanks so much jeremy for carrying the torch for me while i was in another country and all that stuff yes you did a great job yeah you did a great job it was it was it was great to listen to you guys in abu dhabi it made me feel like I was less stuck in a foreign country and felt like I was home for a minute, for an hour and a half. So there you go. Oh, nice. Glad and we you, could do that for you. And you totally yeah. pre- and you totally predicted what I was doing at the time. So there you go. <laughs> so you win in the win in that aspect. You know, it was kind of like you were here. Like we, we talked about you a lot. Okay, we missed you. So mm-hmm. yeah, no problem. Like John did the outline like he usually does, and that was super helpful. So yeah, it seemed like you just rolled like you normally did. I just wasn't there. I just wasn't there, like, blabbing about games for an extra 40 minutes, so your episodes were a lot shorter. <laughs> well, there was just, yeah. I mean, there was 50% less content. Yeah, sure. Yeah, when you take all of my uh, all my plays and stuff out of there. But uh, but the people here, they don't know who we are. We haven't even introduced ourselves yet, so we might as well do that. I'm Trey. I played Ease and Yaz Johnson. And I'm Jeremy. Please sponsor me, Disc Replay. Mikowski. I'm John, Mr. X Knitter. Mm-hmm. Mr. X. I know what that means. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back from Abu Dhabi. It's uh it's nice to be it's nice to be in in uh America again. Even though as I told a lot of people on the shoot, uh Abu Dhabi doesn't really feel that foreign. It's not that foreign of a country because everyone there speaks English. Everything there is in English. So it doesn't really feel like you're in a different place aside from like uh, oppressive religious stuff and all that. But uh it's a uh, <laughs> It's you it's know a like huge hub, right? Like it's weird. It's like travel goes. Like when we were staying, it was. It feels like I mean, it feels like a tourist place. You know, like nobody actually mm-hmm. lives in the area that we're at, which is Yaz Island, which is which I, I said as my middle name because I was playing Ease Nine there in Yaz. I wanted to buy a shirt that said Yaz on it so I could like mark the A out and it would just say Ease. So I did a shirt that said Ease Island. I thought it'd be funny, but I but I couldn't find I couldn't really find like souvenirs anywhere for like that said like Abu Dhabi on them aside from like Warner brothers world, which I went to, which was like my favorite thing to go to when we weren't working was it's basically like Disney world, but with DC superheroes and, and, and cartoon characters and all that. Did you go there more than once? I only went there one time, but I went there on a Thursday and I went there when they opened and there was nobody there. So I didn't wait in line for anything. And it was really eerie because like, Cause it's like in it's indoors, like it, it's like in a dome, you know. Because Abu Dhabi's hot as fuck, so they make everything. This is like an indoor is an indoor amusement park, so 
there's like fake skylines for days in there. Like everywhere you go, there's like fake sunrise, whatever, you know? So they have like a fake metropolis and they have like a fake Gotham city that you walk through and Gotham city is like super dark, you know, cause it's Gotham. So like, and I'm just like walking through there and I'm like the only one there and there's nobody around that's working there. And I'm like, this is kind of creepy. I don't know. <laughs> like and <laughs> there's like, like Gotham this, at night. and there's like this cop car that's like wrecked. That's like, has like gas coming out of it. It has like all the smoke coming out of it. And I'm like, and it's supposed to be like, you know, like crime. Eli, I went by like crime alley where, where uh, Batman's parents were killed and all that. And I'm like, this is weird. And everything's really dark. And it's like, this is kind of creepy. And then I and then I rode like a bunch of rides and stuff that were, but it, it was cool. I, I really liked that place a lot. They had a lot of really cool like story rides type things, like like you'd see in Disney World, but based around DC characters. Were you just riding a lot of rides alone? Yeah, I did. I rode them all by myself, like roller coasters and stuff. Uh, I went on. Well, I mean, there was only like so many like roller coastery ones mm-hmm. I could do because I felt like I was getting really sick after a while. Like I went on, I went on the Riddler ride, which is like one of those that like spins around and like goes mm-hmm. back and forth, like those like those boats, you know. But it also spins, and that one made me feel really really sick. And I went on this. Well, the first one I went on was the Scarecrow Fear Machine or whatever it's called, and it's like a thing where you like where it like spins around and also like go and you like go upside down and stuff and. After that one, I was like, I was like, oh well, that that was weird. I haven't ridden on one of those before. And then I got on the Riddler one, and I felt like I was going to puke everywhere. So I'm like, all right, I need to not ride on any of those anymore. Yeah, because I, I felt I, I pretty much stay away from spinning rides. I had that feeling when you like drink too many shots of whiskey, and you know you're going to vomit uh-huh. everywhere. That's basically how I felt after I rode that ride. You know, where you yes. just keep like trying to push it down. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what it was like. But. Yeah, after that, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to ease up off of it. So every time I got on any ride, I was like, does this ride go upside down? <laughs> I'd ask the person, <laughs> and most of the time they'd be like, no, or they laugh at me or whatever. But there was a after after I took a break from those two, I was like thinking about because they have a little like mini roller coaster called the Fast and Furious, which is like a Wiley e. Coyote roller coaster, and I was gonna ride on that, and I was like, well, maybe I can take that because I've had like a break between all the other ones. And then I went on this Tom and Jerry ride. It's called like Tom and Jerry's Cheese Chase or something like that. And uh, that's like a, that's basically a roller coaster. And after that, I felt super woozy. So I'm like, all right, I'm not doing the Fast and Furious anymore. Taking that out of the equation there. And that one had like the longest line. That was the one I actually waited the longest for. Because by the time I got to that, it was around like four or five o'clock. So like kids started to show up, you know, but the first like few hours was nothing. And they open at like noon. So I went there at noon and. They have a uh, they have buses that go around for free to different places. Like I said, the place we were staying at, Yaz Island, is just pretty much a tourist place. That's all it is. It's like they got they got like the mall and Ferrari World and like uh and like a Warner Brothers World and there's a water park and and there's hotels and there's like nobody lives there. It's all just where people go to to see things, you know. And then when you actually go to the Abu Dhabi area. Is like there's like an old town area which was made in like the 90s, is what one of the locals was saying. So the place is not old at all. Like it's only like maybe 30 years old. So, so it's weird. But it's yeah, it's like like I said, it doesn't feel that foreign because everything everything is in English everywhere and everybody speaks English. Mm-hmm. Like it like I went to the mall, which the mall was fun. I actually enjoyed going to the mall. There there were a lot of there were a lot of hits there. You know, they, the Walden Books, Foot Locker, uh, Claire's, like a lot of those places you remember from the old mall. They're still there. No, back to the nineties. No, no Sam Goody, unfortunately, but uh, they did have a Virgin Megastore. So, wow, I went there and bought things. So that was, and one of I guess I can. I mean, I I'll, I want to talk. I'll talk about it in detail later. But I did buy, even though many a times that I said that I would never buy it, I bought uh, Zelda Skyward Sword physical. 
Because I wanted to buy, I don't know, I was like, I'm in Abu Dhabi, I should buy a game from Abu Dhabi, a physical game, so I did. And it's and there's stuff on it that, you know, as you can see, it has a different, well, you know, anybody who's listening to this, but it has, a, it has a different rating thing in the corner, which is like you would see in like a more European release. It says it, 12. It doesn't have like the every, you know, it would say like everyone or mature or whatever in America. It's like Peggy 12. Yeah, kind of. And on, on the back, it says, uh, it says like Middle East, Southeast Asia, official product. Oh, and it's also, it, it is in, it is in Arabic on the back here. It says suitable for 12, but it says, it says it in Arabic above that. So the way you're holding the game right now, it is literally glowing. That's because like I'm looking. Skyward Sword itself is being held aloft. <laughs> now, this is my phone. That's because I'm looking at it okay. with, with a flashlight because I oh, can't, got it. Because I can't see it in the darkness of this. And it comes with this cool little thing that says, uh, customer service information and has like numbers for like Singapore, Malaysia, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, like different cut numbers to call for your, in case you have questions about your Zelda, about your Zelda cartridge, but it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, you got one of those too. Mine's invisible. It's got a, it's like, you know, it's like we talked about before, you know, when I was in London and I bought, and I bought Link's Awakening in London, you know, I was Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I could buy another Zelda game in a different country. So I did. And this, and out of all the ones that I found, this was like the only one that was appropriately priced. So, so there you Mm -hmm. go. Everything else. I think was, that's your new travel tradition. Now you buy a Zelda every country that you go in. Yeah. Well, this one I was actually one that I didn't have. Well, you don't have Link's Awakening either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, if I go to another country though, before there's another Zelda game, I don't mm. want to buy another one that I already own. You know. But this one happened to be. You know, there were other games I could have gotten. There's like a Game Builder Garage. They had that there, but that was actually sold there for forty instead of thirty. So. A lot of things were ten dollars above. Like uh, Mario Golf was seventy. I found Mario Kart Eight for seventy, also at like the equivalent of Target. The while I was there, like kind of like a place like that that has a. It's kind of like a mixture of a uh, of like grocery and you know whatever. So uh, I, th- I thought that maybe it would be cheaper, but no, it wasn't. So a lot of video, a lot of games were seventy, but this is the only one that was sixty that I found out of all the stuff. So it was kind of like, well, this is the one that's the right price so i might as well go for it plus i would kind of, i was kind of caught in the uh in the zeitgeist of people talking about the differences of skyward sword and all that stuff and it's been you know i've been having fun with it so i mean i actually like i mean it's a zelda game you know it's still it still has all the greatness of the zelda games so it doesn't really you know the music's great like the characters are incredibly memorable like i think that skyward sword has one of the best stories in all of the zelda games just because it was towards the end so i feel like everybody's really like has like a lot more dimension to them, especially Zelda. Like she's she's very cool in this one, and of course Groose and, and all their characters I guess, and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess that there was a story and a link between worlds, but yeah, this was a, other than that, this was the last story in a Zelda game. Really. Yeah, but it wasn't. It, I don't feel like it was as cinematic or as complicated. I guess as the Skyward Sword one. Like yeah, this was the final one that was in that style. You know, before we got to. Yeah. The, before we got to Breath of the Wild, which kind of just like changed all of it, but which was probably for the better, I guess, because a lot of people were were kind of bored of it at that time. I but think. you can also see the the DNA of Breath of the Wild in this, like the oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, yeah, the, totally. The it's, stamina meter, yeah, and the look of the game too. I think the look of the game is very similar to what Breath of the Wild is. Breath of the Wild feels like an evolution of that as far as the visuals. Yeah, and it looks less well. I, I'm not a huge fan of the art style of Skyward Sword still. I'm not either. But but what I don't want to get I want to get fully into Skyward Sword yet because that was later. I had that planned later for the show. But I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a shot here from my Warner Brothers World Abu Dhabi 
toothpick holder, as it said on the receipt, which is pretty hilarious. Really? Toothpick holder. Wow. Yeah, it said toothpick holder. Wait. It's obviously a shot glass. They sold double shot glasses there also and pint glasses, but for giant toothpick holders yeah kebab sticks it's funny because uh because i bought it and i was like you know the guy didn't put it in the bag and i was like oh don't forget the shot glass and he's like oh haha toothpick holder and i'm like what and he's like yeah look at the receipt so that's what it was sold as is a toothpick holder i bought two of these i bought one warner brothers one and i bought a wonder woman one also but i thought it was pretty hilarious that that's what you know that's what they put it down for maybe that's a i don't know i know the government is very much in control of everything there and it's pretty conservative. So maybe uh, you can sell shot glasses, but it reminded me of like being in a art school in high school. You know, like when all the stoner kids would make bongs, but they called them pencil holders. I don't know if you if you experienced mm-hmm. that or vases in your high school, but that's what uh, that they would make bongs. But yeah, they they'd be like, no, it's a pencil holder. It's not really a bong. And you had to cut off the little thing on the side, you know, that makes it look like a bong. And it's obvious they were bongs. We all know that. But it's just ways to circumvent <laughs> like absolute rules. Like these rules were initially probably given in an absolute way. And then it was like, well, but what if we did it like this? Well, that's fine then. Well, yeah. And it's like, it's also like the, um, you know, tobacco stores that are pretty mm-hmm. much pot stores, but they're called tobacco accessory stores. You know, the ones that sell, right. bong- that sell bongs. That they exactly. That, like yeah. <laughs> the little one hitters were sold as a uh, devices to help you quit smoking. Sure. Yeah. But you've seen that, you know, where it's a, and we did, mm-hmm. I worked on a movie where that was a joke where there's like, oh no, this is a tobacco accessory store. Like, don't call it a pot shop, but it's, you know, it is a pot shop, but yeah, same, same sort of thing. You know, we just label it as a different thing, even though it's obviously that, but, but yeah, uh, Warner, Warner Brothers World was fun. And so was the mall. And when I was at the mall, I actually played some stuff that's coming to Switch later. <laughs> I played a uh, cruise and blast. So uh, I got to rock out that game. I played I played all the levels that were on there, all the races. There's not that many, but they are pretty cool. So I give a thumbs up to Cruise and Blast. Everybody should get it when it comes out. It's a lot of fun. Nice. It's basically Do you a, feel like the arcade controls contributed to that or like is it gonna feel as good on the Switch? Oh, like the force feedback and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I mean it's yeah, I, I'm I mean you're obviously gonna miss that. You know, that's better, you know, where the steering wheel kinda like, mm-hmm. you know, moves with I the see. ground and stuff like that. That's always really cool, but I mean, I'll still buy it 100% because I had a lot of fun playing it. And it's super, like, balls-to-the-wall crazy. Like, it is kind of like – you could see that it does kind of feel a little bit like um, San Francisco San Francisco Rust, but it also feels yeah. like – it feels like the, the evolution of Cruising USA, like what you would want with, like, a futuristic 3D version, you know, where everything's okay. crazy. But you, but you still you still kind of – it still kind of feels like that game. It's just like – you know, cruising USA on steroids or whatever. It's just like, let's get even weirder with it. You know, there's a part mm-hmm. where you like drive into an airport that's like coming apart and you like jump over and all these planes are falling over the place. Like it's super over the top and ridiculous. And those are my favorite type of racers. So I'm in and I'm excited to play. My it impression more. of cruising was always that it was a little bit more restrained than San Francisco rush. Like, I don't think you really left the ground at all or, or maybe as much. Yeah. Not, were not, there jumps not very in that much. Game? I don't recall. Uh, th- there are like little ones, but not not very much. No, but in this one, there are like actual tricks you can do in the air. You can do like a uh, barrel rolls and loop de loops and whatever. That's so, cool. Huge hundred foot jumps, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's there's really big jumps in there, and there is a lot of like you know flips and shit that you can do that are part of like part of the game. Like the, I think I sent a video to the Slack of you guys, like showing like different moves you can do and stuff in the game. So there are mm-hmm. actual like uh, stunts and things that you can do. 
And an old trick in the original uh, cruising was to like hold one of the camera buttons when you're trying to pick your 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 uh, your vehicle, and you can turn it into like tanks or like school buses and stuff like that. And uh, and this one, they uh, this is the same sort of thing. Like I was racing as like a triceratops, like just by itself, or like it's it's just like there's all these other weird extra you know vehicles that you can have in there so and it does the same thing in as the in, in the original cruising usa is when you when you hit the gas pedal twice like really quickly it does like where it goes where it like goes back and like revs up and all that so that trick's still in there so i thought that was pretty cool but yeah i played through all the races on there um there's only like five but they're pretty big and i don't know i could see depending on what kind of stuff they have based around that hopefully there's more to do other than just that, but I played that. I played um, I played whatever the newest House of the Dead game is, which I made a note of it on here somewhere. Scarlet Dawn, House of the Dead, Scarlet Dawn, which I actually played in Japan while we were there. While Jess and I were there, but it's one of those machines that's like kind of interactive, where it like blows air on you and stuff, where different stuff's happening. Okay, you know, you like sit in it, you know, and it has like the little inside a box or something, like drape things on the side to kind of make it darker in there and. Yeah, and they and they talk about like the characters like a descendant of G and all that, and they talk about like the carrion stuff, and they they talk about shit from the original House of the Dead. But it was cool. I mean, I sat in there and played for a while. Like you, you know, it's like a it's like a Dave and Buster's type thing where you buy like a card and you get a certain amount of plays on there. So I was just kind of like just swiping and going at it. And I played I played Cruising Blast. I played House of the Dead, and I also played the newest Mario Kart, which I had there, which is was Mario Kart GP DX. I think is what it's called. Is the newest one because it had parts where you're in the air and parts where you're underwater, which that was the final one. And it also has cool. it has those characters in there from a drum from Drum Master as well, from the Drum and Fun, the little the little drum guys. You can race as them. They're they're actual racers. There's all the Namco characters in there. Yeah, it's still it's you know it has like Pac Man and Miss Pac Man and all mm. that, but it also has the drum people from the drum games that is okay. also Namco. So that's an that's an extra character that's in there. But yeah, and I played as. Uh, I just kind of played as different characters and I just, I just kept swiping the card until I ran out of plays and just played a, played like a five or six. Did it let you take a selfie to put on your profile? Oh yeah. It did the thing where it takes a picture of your face and all that. They had more options for it than I'd normally seen. Cause normally it just has the ones that are the, they look like the characters that you mm. pick, but there's like a pirate and there's like a bunch of other shit you can do that aren't like based on the characters in there. But yeah, those, those games are fun. So I was like, I, had had a great time at the mall. Like once I heard there was a mall, I was like, "There's got to be an arcade, right?" And then they have this big arcade in the Oz Mall, and they even had one of those like death drop things, like right in the middle of it. You know where it, like goes up and then comes down and up goes down. Yeah, that was like right in the middle of the mall, so in the arcade. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like somebody went on it behind me while I was playing Mario Kart, but I was too busy playing Mario Kart to see to watch them going up and down. But I knew, but I knew what it was from looking at. It. I was like, "Oh, I've seen those. They have those at like Six Flags and such like that." So while I was while I was at the Del Warner Brothers World, I picked up some. I got some stuff for Jess, but I thought I'd show him on the on the sh- on the show. I bought these little nineteen sixty six Batman action figures that they had there. Whoa. Those are pretty awesome looking. I was I was excited. Adam West is Adam West and Yvonne Craig here also as a uh, as Batgirl. So I thought these were the coolest looking ones that I could find. They didn't have like the like they the Joker the Joker or Penguin or anything. They had they had Catwoman, but I like Batgirl better. So are they like Barbie scale? They're like, uh, if you remember, if you remember the, um, I mean, they're tiny. Barbies were. Oh, way, they're little. Barbies see, were yeah. like this big. I was gonna say, if you remember the old Star Wars toys, they're about that size. They're about the yeah, size like of GI the, Joes of the Star Wars or the GI Joes. Yeah, I just really like Eartha Kit 
that's why I would have wanted to get the Yeah, well they didn't have an Eartha Kit one. It wasn't Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't her. I mean there were like five different cat, cat women. Oh, were so, there? Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know which one it was my Mostly I know her from uh, Emperor's New Groove, which is yeah. a movie I enjoy. Yeah. Well Eartha Kit's black, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean yeah, the one they had was probably was Lee Merriweather. I don't know. I don't know which one, but there was a, there was a few of them. There there were like probably like two or three on the show, and then there was a different one that was in the movie also. As far as the Batgirl, as far as the Catwoman go, but what I always thought was cool about Batgirl is whenever she's on the show, there's a different intro for the show. They have a whole different animated opening with her in there, so it's they want to let you know, like before the show's even started, that she's there. It was like a big celebration thing, so I thought it was pretty cool. And of course, I bought a I bought a Wonder Woman for Jess also. This uh, standing on standing on a rock. And I bought Aquaman for myself, so they're like they're like standing on the same rock almost in different areas. <laughs> but uh, I was disappointed that Aquaman didn't have a ride like this. You yeah. could have, we could have had some water ride with him in there. And I went and I went on the uh, Justice League ride, and he doesn't really do anything. He just like shows up at the end and poses with the team. I'm like, dude, I'm like Aquaman could flood Abu Dhabi. Like, put him in this ride. He can do shit. <laughs> you know. Did Wonder Woman have a lot of like presence there as far as like since it's a recent franchise and stuff? Like was there more I mean there, stuff for her? as far as I knew there was no Wonder Woman rides per se, but mm-hmm. she did like punch a bunch of people in the in the Justice League ride, so mm-hmm. which which a lot of them are like uh you know, like the Justice League one you have like you wear three D glasses, but it also like kind of moves like a it moves around, but there's like you move from like three D screen to three D screen. The Batman one was really cool because it's like a mixture of like animatronic robots and like projection mm-hmm. stuff, so even at the end of the ride, it shows like Batman like standing by the wall, and there's like a and there's like a TV screen behind him like showing his cape moving, which is animated, which I thought was kind of funny because it's like an actual robot of him, but then also, you know, the the sea the city like animated behind him and his cape moving, like so they fully combined everything into one piece there, you know, just to show that they're really like combining computer generated images and like you know animatronics and all that stuff, so. But they're pretty they're pretty new rides so they're so they're pretty cool and a lot of them are reminiscent of Disney rides obviously like I went on the Scooby Doo ride and that's basically like Haunted Mansion with Scooby Doo but that was fun you know and also I went on the Flintstones water ride which is basically Splash Mountain but it's with the Flintstones so but it's yeah it's looks cool you know if you're into that stuff it's a uh, which I am so I I went on pretty like I said I went on all the rides except for a couple ones just because of the roller coaster nature and I didn't go on the joker funhouse one because i don't like going on scary rides like that i don't like i don't like the ones where you have to walk through them in their mazes and stuff those those ones jump scares yeah i don't like those i don't like those things so i don't do it i would only do it with jess and even when we do it together we're pretty we're pretty wimpy about it like we went through we went through a haunted house like that at at the wisconsin dells like with our phones out like with the flashlights on and stuff like we're, we're super chicken about that and we went on we went on some weird like a uh, haunted house thing at the one piece museum or at the one piece thing in japan also that was like that that was like not scary at all but just because it's i don't know anything that's like dark that i actually have to walk through myself i don't like doing but if it's something like haunted mansion where you like sit in a ride and it moves you through it like i love that stuff but i don't like having to navigate myself through some sort of dark maze or whatever where you know people are gonna scare me and shit like that i don't, I don't like that stuff it's like a loss of control i think in my mind that I don't, I don't like, I don't like it. So I try to stay away from those sort of things. I don't like jump scares. So like, yeah, for some people it causes fear for me. It like makes me kind of like triggers like an anger response a little more. So, Oh sure. Yeah. I've so, done that too. Yeah. 
I'm uh-huh. like, fuck you, man. Don't, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'd always, and if it's yeah, real people guys. doing it, then it just yeah. might not be good for me to be around that. Sure. Yeah. There was one time I went to a haunted house with some coworkers from a uh, Beechwood and, uh, this one guy, this like guy in a clown outfit, like jumped out and scared, uh, tried to scare my friend Rich. And he like, and he like squeezed, he like grabbed his nose and like squeezed it and like pulled it off his mask. And he got so mad at him. Like this guy at the haunted house got so pissed about it. It was hilarious. <laughs> cause, cause he, mm. you know, we were kind of drunk going through there and, mm. and Rich yeah, like fucked with, touch. like fucked with his makeup. And he's like, what the, he like takes it off and he's like, what the fuck, man? Like, don't touch me. You know, he was so angry. He was so mad about it. <laughs> no touching, yeah. Yeah. Allowed from either side. I thought it was kind of funny. But uh, aside from the Zelda thing, some of the stuff that I got from a Virgin Megastore, this is one of my favorite things just because... So I, I I realized that I needed a mug, you know, to make tea with and stuff in my... Because they had tea in my room and a little water heater and stuff like that. So I needed a mug to hold tea. And I was going to buy a Warner Brothers one. And then I was like, well, I already have a bunch of mugs. And then when I got back to the hotel, I was like, well, damn it. I need one for the hotel room, though. I should have just bought one. So I went to Virgin Megastore to buy a, to buy a cup. And this is the coolest one I could find. I bought a George Michael uh, uh, <laughs> tea, uh, uh, coffee mug from Virgin Megastore. I don't know if you can see it, but it's, he has pink That's hair. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Nice. You picked it up and you said, well, I guess this would be nice. There you go. No, they had they had a few of them. They had, like a, David Bo- <laughs> they had a David Bowie one, but... The nice. but it wasn't they didn't have it in the mug they wasn't the right mug size like the David Bowie one was like smaller and I wanted one like this size so mm. I went for the George Michael one and also it's hilarious and awesome at the same time so they had like yeah, the an, art style is like look almost like an Andy Warhol or like sure yeah like, almost like a propaganda poster yeah so it was like really it was, bright contrasty colors it was kind of hilarious and it was like ten dollars it's not even that much but yeah art wow that's what it is printed in printed in London sold sold in Abu Dhabi. At the Virgin Megastore. And one of my favorite things that I got, just as like a hilarious gift, but just really liked it, is I found they had a manga section in the Virgin Megastore, and I bought her a Food Wars comic in uh, in Abu Dhabi. Oh, cool. So I got, a, I got a kick out of that. So it is, is it like the manga that goes the other way? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all in English. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a Food Wars manga, which is the, you know, that's like one of the few anime that we actually watched all the way through. So... Mm-hmm. It was a favorite of ours. But yeah, I just thought it was funny that you could buy a Food Wars comic in Abu Dhabi, like a Japanese comic that's in English in uh, in Abu Dhabi. So I, ha- I just had to get it. I was like, she, yeah, Jess was like, I would have been mad if you didn't get it. Because, you know, it's like, how often are you going to find Food Wars comics and or even go to the mall or whatever in, in Abu Dhabi? So that was a... Can you imagine if you didn't <laughs> buy it and she was really mad? I fucked up. No, I mean, go back and get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, she would be. <laughs> she would, that plane. She would, get your boom mic. She, she's like, or... yeah. It would have been disappointed if I if I hadn't gotten it. Because I was like, do you think it's weird that I bought you a, a Food Wars comic from Abu Dhabi? And it's like, no, I think it'd be weirder if you didn't get it. You know. And it was only like, it's only like $5 or something. But I just thought it was really cool that it had there. Yeah. And it's all in black and white. And you read it from right to left and all that stuff like yeah the back of it the front cover is on the other side because it's because that's the way they the way they do it in japan so so yeah there's my there's my physical abu dhabi stuff there oh and i wanted as, as a comment to Jer- to you guys as a recording of your podcast because i know jeremy of well our podcast but without me but i know Jer- <laughs> but i know jeremy got a got an iphone 
And your answer about the uh, face recognition is what I noticed from from my own phone is uh, it only really reads your like eyes and your nose. So if I so it recognizes my glasses and my nose. So if I try to oh. so if I look at it without my glasses on, it won't work. It won't recognize my face without glasses. And also when I'm wearing a mask, all I have to do is pull my nose out and it will recognize it is what I've noticed. That. So all all I have to do is just like pull my nose out of the mask and then it will facial recognize me. So it's just this. It's only my it's only my glasses and my nose. So it's probably it my nose that I've been leaving out. Yeah. Because it does not work with, when I'm wearing a mask, but try pulling it down over like exposing your nose and see and see mm-hmm. if it does it. Because I noticed that on this shoot, because whenever, you know, I'm wearing a mask all the time, like 12 hours a day. And if I want to check like my bank or something like that, which does facial recognition, you know, I, I realized that if I just like just pull it down and just <laughs> just over my nose, then it'll work. So that's all it all it needs. It's just my it's just my eyes and nose. Are we having a live test here? Mm-hmm. On the, he's got the mask on. Yes, he's it's got not, the. It's not, it's not unlocking. Yeah. All right. Just show my nose. Because it's the suspense. Still didn't work? Uh, maybe that's only mine. I don't know. Maybe you need your mouth for that one. Oh, yep. It needs the mouth. Yeah. My, mine is just the nose. Just the glasses and the nose. That's all you need. And it'll recognize it. So I don't know. It's probably different for, you know, whatever whatever it thinks is the most, like, you know, a Prominent unique features. unique thing about you. But it is kind of annoying that when I'm, like, sleeping and I'm trying to check it without my glasses on, it just won't work. So <laughs> it's like that I just got to put the... But I, I I don't have it like set on lock really like it only I does. I wish it had the thumbprint thing too, but I don't think it does. Maybe it does. I don't know. I think it used to when they used to have a button, but now they don't have a button anymore. Yeah, my thumbprint. Yep. I know some Android phones moved it to the side of the to the side, so I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. But yeah, just as is on the is on the back is is behind the is behind the phone. So oh, maybe it's not. so. Yeah. Wait, no, she has an Android, right? Yeah. They'll say not, not yes. Yeah, the Android phone yeah. is on the back. Oh, yeah. But now we can all text each other for free. So there you go. Since we have iPhones. I mean, I always had unlimited texting. I thought. Well, yeah. I mean, I did too. But now it's sent through a different thing. Since it shows up as blue, mm-hmm. it doesn't count as a whatever. But but one interesting fact is, uh, if you don't have a phone signal for some reason, but you have Wi-Fi, you can send text messages to people, other people who have iPhones. Oh, cool. In, in that way, I've actually that done- was on. Android as well, I think. Because oh, I've actually done that before, back in the day when my when I used to get my phone shut off because I didn't pay it soon enough or I was mm-hmm. out of money. If I was in a Wi-Fi thing, I could still text people from the bar or whatever I was doing if they also had iPhones <laughs> because you can you can still communicate with people who have iPhones as long as you have Wi-Fi. And you can do Wi-Fi calling also. And that would help you for stuff if you're in other countries and you're not using international minutes or whatever, which I ended up having to do for this one just because I had to be on call at all times, so... Kind of had to bite the bullet on that, but whatever. I can, I can, uh, I can write it off later. But as far as games I've been playing, I actually played a lot of stuff when I was in Abu Dhabi because most of the time when I had days off, I didn't want to hang out with anybody from the crew. I wanted to just hang out with myself. So that's why I went and did things like Warner Brothers World in the mall, or I stayed at home and played games. So that's that's what I was doing most of the time. But I I made it through. I beat Super Mario Golf or Mario Golf Super Rush. And I beat most of it on the plane, 40,000 feet above ground. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. And I, and I, you know, I started, because I know you talked about how you got through speed golf in one round, which I was like, 
cheater, but but no. it might have been. <laughs> I didn't really. I don't know. It might have been a different one than the one you were talking about. Oh, okay, it was mine. Was the full eighteen hole one was the one that I got stuck on. But mm-hmm. but when I got but I was on the plane and I was like, all right, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna beat this. I'm like, I'm gonna beat this right now on the plane. So I just like. I put on a podcast and I was just playing it, you know, listen to podcast and cause everything's already downloaded on my phone and all that stuff. And I was listening to it and playing golf and I made it all the way through the speed golf. And I did all the stuff after that. And I made it all the way till the very last boss. And I beat the part right before the boss. And then, you know, by the time I got, we, we got off the plane and all that. And it took us like a long time. Cause we had to go and do like COVID testing again and get all our stuff and get everybody together and get on, get on a bus and take us to the hotel or whatever. It was like a very long process. By the time we finally got back to the hotel or got to the hotel for the first time, I was exhausted. So I was going to order food, but then I was like, I don't want to stay. I'm like, I don't want to stay up 20 minutes for it to get here because I know I'm going to pass out. Cause I'm so fucking tired right now. So I felt I basically passed out at like ten o'clock or nine or whenever we got there, and I and then I got up at like five in the morning and I you know thought that I had to be at wherever by like eight a.m. So I just I just laid in bed and played the rest of the game. So I beat the game in in my hotel at Yaz at Yaz Island, but I did beat Mario Golf Super Rush. Have you made it through the end yet, Jeremy? I did. That's my beat of the week. There I you go. You made it, it too. So yep. hooray! Now I yep. I, I want to ask you. Is there anything else after that? There isn't, right? Cause they no, because kinda... I went I went back to story mode and it said yeah. it was going to start me before the battle. Because it's weird, because right before you hit the credits, it says, like, now you unlocked battle mode. And it's like, I can't wait mm-hmm. to see you at the ultimate battle mode showdown or whatever. And I never tried to do any of the battle stuff after that. I don't know if that's... Because supposedly you can unlock specific, like, clubs for each of the characters that aren't me characters that are in there. But I never figured out how to do that. I remember saw saw somebody online talking about it. So maybe that's through that, I guess. But yeah, as far as I can tell, the single player, it just kind of ends. I mean that yeah. that loss. I think maybe, maybe yeah. they're gonna maybe they're gonna add to it. But I yeah. mean, I don't really care if they do or not. <laughs> yeah, the single player was definitely not really. It it was it no, lacked luster. It it was no advance. It was no like a you know Mario mm-hmm. World Mario Golf Advance Tour or anything like that, which is. The game that everybody wants is the RPG mode. It seemed that, very you never thrown together. Like it just seemed like they were like, "All right, we got to make sure there's an RPG mode because that's what they, people keep saying they want." And it just seemed like it was just really thrown together. Like there was a couple cool parts to it, but it's really bare like, thought, bones. But even the boss battles were kind of like the same thing over and over again, like with a slight variation. Oh sure, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's basically the same mechanic. And and I remember you were saying, uh, I think it was last last episode, you were talking about how it's like, you know, you're doing like tournaments and then all of a sudden you get all the medals and they're like, oh yeah, now by the way, you got to go get this uh, Thunder mm-hmm. cl- Club or whatever. And it just randomly takes you to a boss. And yeah, I totally agree with that. It's very much like, all right, no, now we got to go over here and do this thing. And, and it doesn't and really... And all the while there's an arrow underneath you that just tells you exactly where to go. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Like there's no real exploration involved as far as I can tell, like. I don't think there's there's some mini game type things, but it seems like it all just contributes to leveling up more, which you can just do through fucking up. Yeah, well, you would. Yeah, you get you level up just playing the game, even if you don't make mm-hmm. it through whatever the goal is. So, yeah, unfortunately, because you think like on a, you're on a golf course, right? In real life, it's like this huge open land, and that seems ripe for having like a great RPG setting in a video game, where you could like wander over the whole course and go this that and explore different corners and all that stuff you should that play golf like, story if you think that's cool maybe i should 
Because Golf Story actually kind of does that. This doesn't do that. Yeah, Golf Story. Well, we told you you should play Golf Story, but I don't know how much you like actual golf games, John, is, is the thing. I'm, historically, no. But, so, so that's yeah. what, I mean, it's not, I mean, yeah, it has RPG aspects, but it, the, the thing about the RPGs that you don't like is turn-based combat is what you don't like. Not right. actual, because the RPG aspect of it is leveling up and being able to, like, you know, customize your characters and get, you know, you basically get to hit longer, you know, depending on how many experience mm. points and stuff you have like that. That's the RPG part of it. But it's a, yeah, it was pretty good. I'll give it a second look if it's on sale. It's on sale all the time. I feel like it goes as low as like $5 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then there's a sequel coming out eventually, Sports Story. So oh, true. Get, you ready, get you ready for that one. Yeah. Uh, that, I will say, Trey, I agree with you. The hardest part of the whole adventure mode was that 18 hole. Yeah. Golf. Yeah. Right. Because after that, I, I just kind of blew through everything else. I actually beat that my first try. Sorry. But I, but I had fucked up so much on that early thing. I think that helped. Sure. But I was sweating the whole time. I was like, on those last three holes, especially, I was just like, I better not mess this up. Yeah. And well, I, I remember you guys were, you were talking about that where it's like, it's like, I mean, it's a good, like, it takes like an hour to play through this 18 hole mm-hmm. thing. And the fact that if you, especially like what happened to me a couple of times, I thought there where was I'd, two different 18 hole ones. I don't know. There, there could be, I thought there was only one or maybe there was another one after that. Anyway, there was one that I kept screwing up and I think maybe, I, somehow I kept a running out of time at the end and all of a sudden I wouldn't have any time and I'd be like, mm-hmm. have like 30 seconds to beat the thing. And then I couldn't do it. And then it's like, you're done. Or a lot of times I would fuck up where I go off, off course. And if you, you get to some spots that you can't get out of, like there's some mm-hmm. like ravines or whatever that you get into and there's no way to hit your ball out of it. And if you take too long and you mess up one hole, then you automatically lose the whole thing. And that's the, that was the big problem that I was having with it also. So it's kind of annoying. And yeah, you can't there's you can't save on every hole like you could in every other Mario Golf game there was before there this. Was, you know. So. I think that maybe I was stuck on that one for a while and I just don't I mean I played it a few times at least. But I think I messed up at the beginning a lot at first and then I sort of powered through it after that. Yeah. There was I just needed to be a lot more careful about my shots, I guess. And not just go like hitting the hitting the ball willy nilly, because if you end up in a in a bad spot, you're screwed. And you just can't get out, you know, and th- and that, and that same thing would happen in that other one that you were stuck on for longer. The one mm-hmm. with the levels, it was very easy for you to accidentally screw yourself over in that as well. That so. one was absolutely, yeah, I take it back. That was the hardest one. But then second was the speed golf. Yeah. So I, and I wasn't really, I'm not really that big of a fan of speed golf, but, but we did, I mean, we played Mario golf online again that Jeremy did on, and I did on Saturday night. So, I mean, this, the, you know, the multiplayer is still fun and that's, I don't feel like it was. You know, I'm not like, oh, I wish I wish I never got this game or something like that. I, I just wish the single player was better. And I really hope all the extra stuff they added beyond standard golf isn't that great. That's yeah, really what it comes down to. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I just want the regular golf, which is mm-hmm. I just want the regular slow ass take your turn golf. Like, like I've said, but I mean, it's yeah, I beat it. There you go. <laughs> got beat it in bed after after uh, being on the plane for 13 hours and my body was hurting so much after that plane that first plane ride the first 13 hour one so it's nice to just lay down and play play the rest of play the rest of Mario Golf but I'm really I'm really hoping that the DLC stuff adds some tournament mode stuff online because yeah it's like as is there's not really much to do as a sing- as single player online and with all the with all the amount of effort they put into the tennis one it's just kind of like why don't we have that like the tennis one has tournaments and extra characters and all this other shit that they put on there and 
you know, hopefully they keep adding to it like they did for that. That's all I'm saying. But uh, what else? Uh, I've been playing. I've, of course, I got. I played Ease Nine for a while. You know, while I got there, I actually played that on the plane too. Before I played Mario Golf, I played that for a while. And uh, it's it's cool. You know, it's not. I don't like it as much as Eight, just because Eight was just felt like perfect the way they did it. Because it's just like Eight. It's like you're on a boat. You know, you crash the boat. You're on an island. You got to find everybody who was on the boat. It just felt like so much more straightforward, I guess, with the story. And this one's a little bit more, uh, you know, you got, you got like, you, you're in a jail cell and you break out of the jail cell and then you're kind of trapped in this town and this town is like your map versus like what you were on the island in the map. And it's, it's a little different, but I don't know. You get, you get, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago whenever I first got the game, but you got, you get shot by this thing that turns you into a monstrum and you basically become like this, uh, this goth at all, which looks pretty cool. And, uh, and it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, The World Ends With You, because it's you fight these monsters that like live in the town, but nobody can see them. They're like in this own in this whole other world that you can unlock through the monster mobility. And it kind of reminds me of like the social distortion, as they called them in uh, The World Ends With You, where like there's these little demons that like hide out in, in the middle of the world that nobody can see except for you. Like it's the same sort of thing. And you build up this monstrum group and you're trying to go through and, you know destroy all these monsters it's very much like standard ease fair and i'm hoping to be able to play more of it but i have so many have so many games that i want to play that's just been kind of like been jumping from another to another and the other one is uh monster hunter stories 2 which i was playing while i was listening to the podcast which jeremy said trey's probably playing monster hunter stories 2 and i was and i was like oh shit look you got me you figured it out right there so i was i was listening to it but now, Monster Hunter Stories 2 is great. It's basically Monster Hunter, except it's turn-based. It's an RPG. It's a, You can do a lot of the same things that you can in Rise. Uh, you collect parts of monsters to create various monster outfits and weapons and stuff like that. It's pretty much the same as the other one. Except for now it has like a monster collecting thing to it. So it's kind of a little bit like Pokemon, sort of, you know, where you can collect, where you can have the monsters from Monster Hunter. So I have I have Pukey, your favorite uh, Pukey Pukey, you know. Oh, Pukey! I have that in my that guy in my in my uh, party, and they have like these super moves that they can do. Like you kind of build up a meter, and once the meter gets up high enough, you get to you get to get on top of them, and you ride them, and you get to do like a special move through that. And Pukey basically does this move where they like puke into the sky, and it starts raining down acid. But Pukey like covers themselves up with the tail and as like an umbrella, and they just have these really cool animations in there. There was another one that I put out on a uh, Twitter of this one monster that basically like eats these other monsters and then you like smack him in the back of the head like Yoshi style <laughs> and then it shoots and then it shoots the monsters at the other guy. It's so like it reminded me of the old Mario when Mario would like hit Yoshi in the back of the head because that totally sm- hit up you straight up like smack the back of the monster. But it's cool and like the 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 way the battle system works. There's kind of like a there's sort of like a um. What would you call it? like rock paper scissors, like sort of like the fire emblem thing, where certain moves cancel out other things. So it's like a, what is there's a there's a power attack, there's a technical attack, and there's a speed attack, and all of those will if you have them going head to head, one will beat the mm-hmm. other one, so you won't like be able to attack. And that's like a cool sort of thing where you kind of have to certain monsters will attack a certain way. So it's kind of a little bit like the types in Pokemon, but a lot less complicated. There's not like a hundred different types like in Pokemon, so. 
But I reckon I recommend everybody play it. There's a three hour demo on there. You know, you can check it out. It has a little bit of a some of the frame rates a little weird, like on the on the overworld. You know, it doesn't run as great as it should. I actually felt like it ran better handheld than it did on the TV. So I don't know. But Capcom has already said stuff about that and said that they're working on ways to fix it right now. So apparently there's going to be some new some updates up where they figure out all those bugs and stuff. So they're they're already working on it, but. I really enjoyed it. It's super cinematic. The stories are cool. And if you like the Monster Hunter world, you know, you can get some more Monster Hunter, but you don't necessarily have to be online and you don't have to like, you know, go out and fight, you know, fight all these monsters with people that you don't know and all that stuff. You can just go and do it on your own. And there are like multiplayer stuff in there, but I think that you can do it with a, with an AI person if you want to in the game. I haven't really got to that yet. I've just been playing the single player, but there is some multiplayer stuff. But it's cool. It's been that was what I was playing all the time before I got Skyward Sword, the physical one from Abu Dhabi, which is all that I've been playing now. But and it's a I don't know when I first got it, I felt like I felt like the new button controls was kind of its own like it's its own like problem versus the versus the uh, the motion control. But I feel like I've gotten more used to it now, and I think I'm a little bit better at it. Even though like some guys are still a pain in the ass to try to beat, especially those mm-hmm. like. Uh, those killer flower ones where you have to like hit it like straight across or up and down. I'm sure you've got to that. Or Girahim. Or Girahim, yeah. Which, yeah, that, uh, did you make it to, did you make it to Girahim in the first dungeon then? I beat him. I, uh, rage quit twice, but I beat him eventually. <laughs> I was, I, I, I made it through Girahim on my first try, thankfully, but I was going to be really mad if I didn't. Because if anybody remembers the first Girahim fight, it's the one where he like holds his hand up. And if you attack him like the wrong way, he'll like grab your sword and take it away from you. Mm-hmm. And then like it's it's annoying. Like it when I I don't remember being that bad the first time I played it, but when I played it again before that, because I played like maybe half this game before Breath of the Wild came in, came out, just as like I was just like I want to play a Zelda thing, so I played Skyward Sword again. And I remember playing Gearham and being like, "What the fuck is up with this guy? I'm so pissed off. Like I don't understand what I'm doing wrong." And uh, I guess if you look, if you have like a fee or fi, like um scan them enough times they'll tell you and it's super simple the only thing you have to do is attack from the other side of where his hand is that's what it is it's stupid but they don't really tell you that in the game like unless you like get her to explain it which i don't know if they originally said that in the first one or not i always thought that you needed like make his hand go like up and then you go low or something Mm. like that that's what i what i I thought i was trying to hit that medallion on him yeah based on what angle he was and then I was like, "Oh, I'm trying to hit that bracelet he has." Yeah, and so I remember I played the I played the game like maybe six or seven years ago, um, but for the first time, I played it a little bit late. But I do remember fighting him and and thinking the exact same thing was going on with this guy and his defense and stealing the sword and all that stuff. So I thought, well, I, I do remember figuring it out uh, through Fee. Like she would tell you in the original version if you scanned and all that stuff to watch out for oh, okay hand. so she did tell you yeah yep yeah i just was like i was a. Uh, it was one of those like uh, because of like the time zone changes and all that and i would i'll be like a lot of times i would just right after i got off work i'd just go straight to bed just because i was so exhausted and sweaty and just like whatever mm-hmm. and there was one night where i just went straight to bed because i thought we had an earlier calm time and then we didn't and i slept from like eight to eight to midnight and then i got up at midnight and i played zelda till like six in the morning and i was yelling at gear him and i was like man i hope no one can hear me in here because i'm like fuck you i was actually more yelling at link than gear him 
because mm-hmm. I was like, Link, why are you not doing what I tell you to do, you fucker? I told you to swipe the other way, you know, because it doesn't. In the in the heat of the moment, there with the with the button controls, I feel like it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. That's why it like creates this whole new level of annoyance in the game, <laughs> you know, with the with the button controls. But I mean, what have you, what have you thought about it so far, Jeremy? Well, the button controls are definitely annoying in their own way because I find myself like with bombs in particular, like you have to hold the thing really weird to like throw the bomb and aim it at the same time if you're trying to roll it. Yeah, because you got to like hit R and then like hold up or, or down uh, or however you want to do mm-hmm. it. Like, if you want to, right, it, yeah, A to throw it. So you're literally like holding the controller in ways you're not normally holding it. Like it's already calling you to move your hands around in strange ways. I think it's not like you can keep your hands isolated to the left or the right side of the controller. And maybe you can. Maybe I just need to figure out how to map the buttons correctly. But it's I'm right there with you saying like. Okay, cool. It's got these new controls, but they're just as weird. Yeah, in their own <laughs> so, way. yeah. they are. They are, they have their own new weirdness of it. And uh-huh. I, and I did play it. I did play it like uh, motion controls for a second. I played it on the plane with motion controls just because I thought it'd be funny. Did it work? Yeah, it worked somewhat. I mean, I had you know. I've tried playing yeah. like anything with motion on a bus or something, and that doesn't work. So it it worked enough, but I'd realized that I just didn't want to play motion control, so I switched it back to. Uh, to the other thing. I just wanted to try it because I thought it'd be funny for people to see me playing the game like that. You know, that all like set me being like, eh, you know, but I, per- I actually, I prefer it the other way. I don't know, but it, yeah, it's like, it feels like it's, you know, either way kind of doesn't really quite get where you, yeah, I don't know where you expect it to be. And, and I, and I've said before, like for some reason, because of the distance or something, my motion control never works really well in my living room. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I haven't tried it there, but I just haven't because it doesn't. It just doesn't work well. So I don't know. Yeah, I just want to avoid the frustration completely. Yeah, I just haven't tried it in there. But I yeah, I tried it for a second second on the plane and it worked fine. But I but I was like, oh, I want to play it the other way. But I, I do kind of like I like that you can move the move the camera around now, even though you have to like hold a button to do mm-hmm. it, which is kind of annoying. But you sort of get used to it. But like I said before, it's you know it's Zelda. It's still a Zelda game, and you know, and I like and I like the world that's in there. That's why it's become like so addictive to me now. It's just it's like, you know, it's all all of it's good. Like some of it is more good than other things, but it's still pretty good for most of the Zelda games, I think. So it still kind of pulls you into that, and the soundtrack's really good. The characters are done really well. I still think the art style is really weird. It's uh, another podcast I was listening to they mentioned it this way and I think it's kind of the same sort of thing that's like almost like stuck between like the realism of Twilight Princess and like Wind Waker, but it doesn't really go one way or the other with it. You know, I, I, I kind of <laughs> always felt that way about Skyward Sword because yeah. when they first were like showing it off in the art style back in the day before it came out on the Wii, that was it. It was like, this is your realistic Zelda or rather, okay, no, this is your game built up, built from the ground up for the Wii. And in a lot of ways it was like, what twilight princess was which i'm surprised it wasn't it wasn't a bridge title yet again but um it uh it was like the answer to people that were complaining that twilight princess was actually made for the gamecube you know but yeah. it didn't but so so this was like made from the ground up for the wii and that cursed this game because not only did it it se- seek out specifically to you know satiate those fans that wanted that one-to-one ratio of the of the wiimote they actually re- re- released a new type of wiimote to make it more accurate you know like this was oh, yeah, the plus the yeah ecosystem yeah. 
like where like yeah there's that even that extra level either you had to buy the Wii Motion Plus or you had to buy the special Wiimote with that built in that came out afterwards but yeah mine came with that Wii Remote there was a Zelda edition yeah, Wii Remote that came yeah. with the game yeah, yeah. there was oh, there, that's cool there was an edition that came with a Wiimote also yeah like it I, was, I got the edition that came with the soundtrack which I think or with, came I, with the I, Symphony CD, which I think might have come with all of them. I got that too, but I think that I think they all came with that. Did they? Okay. Because I saw people uh, talking about that, like about how the original one had the controller and the. Even though I do think it was extra if you bought the one with the controller, I don't think this it was is 60. definitely kind of a definition of a swan song. In, oh yeah, in, definitely. And and, and, uh, it, and it doesn't yeah. carry over. It didn't carry over to the Wii U. So. And it does kind of it it does kind of remind it's it's weird because you know playing this game reminds me of the time of like when it came out. And how they were Nintendo was still trying to sell you on those motion controls at the very end, as you're saying, it's like the swan song to the Wii. And it was like, uh, I don't know, seeing it now, it's just kind of like it doesn't really, it's not really there for me as much, I guess. Because even when you're not using the motion control, they still want you to use the analog stick to like turn things. And you know how you have mm-hmm. to like put, you have to like put a... You have to put keys in there and turn them, or like later mm-hmm. where I'm at, you gotta like stick your sword in the thing and twist it to the side, and it was very much about all that, just like stabby uh, moving, whatever. Yeah, uh, Metro Prime Corruption. Yeah, like three it was, it was like, like that. that a lot too, and it, it's just yeah, because it and and this, and by the time I feel like by the time this game came out on the Wii, a lot of people had moved on from the Wii. Like oh, I, most people, like had. I, I definitely did. I was playing PS3 all the time at this time. I know that I bought a Wii specifically to play this game and i bought my wii in 2012 for like i want to say i spent like 40 bucks on it at a pawn shop like they were like going for closeout prices oh there you and, go that's uh, good so i got my wii super cheap with the wiimote plus it came with the wiimote plus like used i mean they they included it for whatever reason but um so like I was like, yes, time for Wii games. And that was like the end of it, really. (laughs) (laughs) I finally got my Wii after holding out for so long because I couldn't afford it. There's a whole, you know, the whole arc of not being able to get a hold of the Wii. And then years later, you could just buy it for like 40 bucks. Well, my, I mean, my Wii had like broken for maybe the third time, I think, Mm -hmm. in its life cycle. And I paid, I I would, I was way too late on it because the first two times that it broke, it was actually under warranty. So I was able to get it fixed for free. So I sent it back in and they sent it, you know, it was like where the disc drive stopped loading games and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, but this time I, it, it actually broke while I was playing Donkey Kong uh, Returns, which sucked because I love that game, but uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns. But it, it was like to the point where I just like didn't want to, I would have had to pay a hundred dollars to get it re to get it fixed. So I, I just kind of let it just go dormant and I would play, I would play like virtual console stuff on there or stuff that's on the hard drive, you know, that I could do that wasn't disc based. I could still play it in that way. But when Zelda came out, I was like, oh, well, fuck, there's a new Zelda. I have to get this. So I did. I sent in my Wii. I paid $100 to get it fixed specifically for Skyward Sword. So I did like, you know, I did kind of like what you were doing. I, I had my, my Wii was uh, was revived, you know, just for Skyward Sword. And I really, I really enjoyed it at the time. But yeah, you can really, you can really feel that, like feel the age of it where it's like, oh yeah, they were really trying to push that motion control on you so much in this. And there's a lot of tears of light too, which which we've talked about before. But you know the tears of light, which is what was that Twilight Princess that had the thing where you had to find all the shit? Yeah. That's kind of annoying. That's a it's in between every single dungeon is that is a tears of light mode in that game. And then even Okami yeah. had something very similar. Oh yeah, 
Okami was like that as well. But you can, if you remember the Tears of Light, from which they kind of made them less when they re-released it on Wii U, but it definitely has a lot of that shit in uh, Skyward Sword. So, you know, it's like, well, you got to find the, yeah, which, which you got to find those Koroks, like they're whatever the fuck they're called in the beginning of that, in that first mm-hmm. one. And you always got to go do a thing, even Something though I really, it's a dousing. Yeah. Oh, the dousing. Yeah. The dousing where you point the Wiimote around to look for stuff, which in this, if you're, or you just like, you know, first person, like move around and point the sword with your, with your analog stick and all that stuff. But the third, yes. third dungeon, I don't know if you gotten that far yet, Jeremy, but that part's I just. That part's really cool. Dungeon. Okay, mm-hmm. the third dungeon is actually pretty neat because it's that's the one where you're like in the world where everything's destroyed and you hit mm-hmm. those crystals that like take it back in time when everything was alive and everything starts working again. That part that was really such a cool idea. Where yeah, parts of the area were back in time, but other parts of the area were in the present. That was a really yeah. cool concept. Yeah, and the and the back in time is like it working, and the future is like dead. So like there was a there's a really cool like dystopian like futuristic thing in there, which I I love that shit. So. So yeah, I mean, that's like, I mean, yeah, and as far as the dungeons go, like, they're done really, really well, because this is like mm-hmm. the last, one of the last, like, mainline Zelda games that had that, you know, before Breath of the Wild. So it is kind of cool to see, you know, like, some of the right, best, the some of the best of dungeons in worlds, the games. Yeah. Which was, for the most part, rehashing of A Link to the Past dungeons. Well, it wasn't, I'm talking about, like, 3D, like, 3D Zelda stuff, yeah. like, on the main console. Oh, this was the last, yeah. This yeah. was the last 3D Zelda with yeah. dungeons proper. Yeah, I liked the first dungeon. I mean, and it's not, I do remember it not being one of my favorite dungeons, so it wasn't that great, but uh, once you get the once you get the item, the beetle item, then it, it becomes a lot more fun, because then you gotta use all those puzzles and stuff, so... Yeah. The fir- other than the Girahim, like I loved the first dungeon. So now that I'm on the second one, the Earth Temple, I literally just got to it. I just got the fifth piece of key about 30 minutes before we started recording. Oh, okay. And, and I, I went into there. So I, I saved at the statue and quit. I'm so, uh, I just realized how dumb I am about that second dungeon. So I was talking to Jeremy on Saturday about this. I was like, uh, I kept like, um, I kept running out of bombs and I had, and I kept going back to Skyloft to buy more bombs. I just realized that you can just pick up bombs and put them in your bomb bag. And that's how you collect bombs. That's how you, it's so, it's so dumb. There's that just, I just a button you hit to deposit it in your bag. Yeah. You pick up the bomb off the ground and you hit B and it'll put it in your bag. And that's how you collect bombs. Oh. And I didn't remember I how to know. do that. So I thought that you were supposed to just find bombs by killing guys like you would in every other Zelda game. But in this one, you pick up the bomb off the ground and you put it in your bomb bag and you keep it. And that's how you replenish your bombs. And for that whole second level, I just kept going back to fucking Skyloft to buy buy more bombs every time I ran out because I didn't remember that that's how you do it. But I just finally figured it out in the third level. I'm like, I'm such an idiot. I could have just like just, you know, just picked it up and just put it in my bag and then boom. So I had to look for help once and it was just because of the uh, when you run into that really hot place. Like I kept trying to run mm. all the way through and get to the door, and then I finally got to the door after dying a few times, and then Fee's like, you're Can't not supposed there. to do that. Yeah, <laughs> Go back. And then I died on my way back. And so I ended up getting online and being like, what do I do? And they're like, oh, run to the right instead. Yeah, so that's yeah. The, you gotta, I, that was yeah. it. That's all I had to look up. Otherwise, I figured I it's, figured everything out on my own so far. It's a very it's a very Metroid thing is what I thought of in that part. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like in, in most of the Metroid games, when you get to the part where you need like a specific suit to survive in there, 
you have to run through it really quick to get to the next part to get the suit. So mm. that's kind of what I thought of there. So it's like, all right, I need. So that was in Breath of the yeah. Wild as well. It's, it's like, like I need to get, get through here. That was yeah. heat resistant. You had to, you had to like eat the hot peppers and stuff to make yeah. you heat resistant to get far enough to get it. Yeah, they do the same thing in Metroid where it's like, in order before you get like the low gravity water suit or whatever, you have to be in the water for a while before you get to the next thing. And that's what I was thinking of. I was, oh, because I was all right. I'm like, all right, I know I'm not supposed to be in here yet. But I bet if I run and get out of here as quick as I can, that'll be the way to go. And that's kind of how I figured out to just go to the right there. But I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna play through it for sure. It's been like the only thing I've been playing, even though I really want to go back and play, you know, Shin Megami Tensei and E's and Dragon Quest uh, stories too, and all that. Not Dragon Quest. I don't know why I always keep thinking that Monster Hunter, <laughs> Monster Hunter stories too. But uh, which are all great games. I just it's just you know Zelda just kind of it's a Zelda game. It kind of just hooks me just because. I like those games. Obviously, we have a Nintendo podcast. Of course, of course, of course, of course, we all like Zelda games. I think my favorite part of that whole game was the area where you kind of you leave Skyloft, you, you fly off, I think, to the right, and there's like a portal to another area where it's all thunderstorms, right? And you're flying around in the thunderstorms, and there's the giant, uh, there's a giant fish, which I believe is the wind fish. Am I right? I thought the wind fish was fake because it because Link's Awakening was a dream. I don't remember. There's, the egg of the, the egg of the there's like a giant there's a that's a part where you're you're in an area with thunderstorms there's like a giant whale thing flying around and i always thought that was the wind fish I, i'm pretty certain that it is i mean it could, Jabu it, Jabu. i mean it could be yeah I, I don't know but it's a it's it's weird because like we were saying about the dna about breath of the wild like and from what we've seen, like for the breath of the wild two stuff, i feel like they're really gonna throw some skyward sword stuff at us Especially we're showing like the same shot with him like falling mm-hmm. in the sky. Yep. And I remember thinking that they were that there were loft wings in Breath of the Wild at one point when it first came out. Because I saw a because I saw somebody posted a picture that I thought was Breath of the Wild, but I think it was actually from Skyward Sword. But I thought that there were loft wings in there, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're all of a sudden show up in Breath of the Wild too. And they do. Because it would be really cool to for you to be above the clouds and be able to fly around, yeah, but, then, but then like drop all the way down to the ground, mm-hmm. which they weren't able to do in the Wii times, but they could probably do it now on the Switch. I don't know. That's what, I'm, like that's what I'm thinking. Descent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they then could add do... that Battle Royale mode, and we got Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we already. I mean, you can already do it in Fortnite. But what was it? Uh, there. I mean, there was supposed to be a, a Star Wars Battlefield game or Battlefront, whatever it's called. Um, there was supposed there was going to be made by the guys who did uh, Perfect Dark and all that stuff, Free Radical. And there was a video that showed like them being on a planet and getting into an X-wing or something and going all the way through mm-hmm. the atmosphere out into space and fighting and then coming all the way down. And this was like during PlayStation Three times. So I'm just saying, Nintendo could make it work as long. As I that. think that No Man's Sky does that. Probably. I mean, I haven't played it, but I think that's one of the big things that. I mean, that Star Fox game that I hated, like, did that too, Starlink or whatever it's called. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, that, it, where you could take off and go up and. Oh, yeah, I have that game. I've just never opened it up. Yeah, it's not worth it. But uh, play it enough for you to find that out. But no, I mean, it's a. Uh, and another thing that's really interesting about Skyward Sword is there's no, like, overworld, really. Like, there's no connecting. You know, there's no connecting part there. And I always felt like maybe they did that because it was the Wii and the Wii was such old technology versus what was going on at the time. I felt like they separated everything because they wanted to try to make everything look better. And in order to do that, they couldn't have as many like 
areas connecting to each other. I don't know if you guys thought that as well, but that's what I thought when I first played it. Yeah, then, I remember them selling it exactly like that. They they were like each of the areas you can go to are huge and you only you access them from the sky, but because, you know, whatever the lore is of why the surface is corrupted and why, you know, they're not down there anymore. Uh it's like, well, yeah, you're you're gonna have these huge areas and you're gonna revisit them more than once, but they're gonna be so big that that's not going to matter because it's so huge. So that was kind of how it was always sold. Like you're, you're on this giant map and yeah, sure. It's split into four quadrants, but each of those quadrants are big enough that it doesn't matter. I think it's only three. I mean, if that's, I mean, Is it? you get a uh, three sections of that tablet that you put together, which kind of reminds me of dragon quest seven also. Cause that, mm-hmm. cause in dragon quest seven, you'd find like, tablets of a world and then you'd put it in a thing and it would create an area that you went to but that one's much bigger but i always felt that they split it up like that because they were trying to make it look better but they couldn't make as much area i don't know that's what my mind went to when it first came out was they were trying to make it the graphics look better but it would have less area i guess but yeah that's uh oh yeah and i found the skyward sword joy cons on sale for a hundred dollars in abu dhabi that's the other thing (laughs) but yeah that's what I've been playing. Do you guys want to take a quick break and head on to talk about other stuff? Sure. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, okay. and then we'll be right back and talk about other stuff. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Wow! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Game over.
I do think it looks pretty, and I know they like they like uh, made the load times shorter and all that stuff. I like it so far. I just yeah. there's just certain points where I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to do this yeah. to keep going? And uh, another thing, uh, you know how people were like, how it became this whole thing about ranting about the amiibo and like how you can, you know, how you can like jump back to the mm-hmm. Skyloft whenever. Those fucking bird statues are everywhere. Like, so it doesn't really yeah. bother me that you can't because no, you're always like a couple seconds away from those bird statues. So, I mean, it, even when I was trying to play the second level and I kept going back to the fucking town to buy the bombs, like they're still there everywhere. The, the statues are all mm-hmm. over the place, even in the dungeons. So it's like really... I didn't feel like I needed to walk a long way to go and find one because I feel like they're oh. fucking all over the place. So. And then all, in addition to that, they keep having like little, you keep unlocking little shortcuts back. So you keep like either like knocking a bridge. Oh, down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pushing yeah, a log down or yeah, breaking a, uh, some rocks with the bombs to where you can get back to where you are quicker. For sure, yeah. But I, I'm, I, I'm planning on playing through the whole thing. It's, it's nice to, it's been long enough that it feels new to me again. I guess, even though it has kind of brought me back to the, to the time of when it came out, and just remembering, just being like, wow, this game was, something. They're really, really trying to sell you on those motion controls, even though most people had moved on from it, you know, by that time. So I, I think- remember just being, even back then, just being happy to like be plugged back into the world of Nintendo and playing in Zelda games. So. I guess it's kind of the, the same zeitgeist. Be in the ecosystem, yeah. Like yeah. you're saying. And that fucking flight, the flight song is is bomb, man. That's it's a banger. It's been stuck in my head forever. This is the song while you while you fly around. Yeah, I think yeah it was, flying's pretty stupid too. They're like dun dun whatever. dun dun. It, it sounds like it sounds like Superman almost. It reminds me of like the of like the Superman theme, that sort of thing. But it's it's great. You'll hear it on this episode somewhere. I will put it on here. It's been stuck in my head ever since I started playing this again. It's very, like, over the top and fantastic and all that stuff. What else have you been playing, Jeremy? That's enough for me. Well, I thought a nice segue here, because you had just mentioned that you saw these for $100 Nobby Dobby. I actually found these today. Whoa. Oh, there they are. You got the Joy-Con. Found I those. Got them at, I got them for $100. Meyer. And they were not a hundred dollars. Yeah, how much are they here? They were eighty. Yeah, that, that's what they should be. That's why I, that I found it weird because I saw them and I was like, I saw them and I was like, are these hard to find in in, uh, in America? Like, should I get them here? And then I, you know, I've had it on my app on my phone. I had like a AED to USD so I could break down the prices and all that stuff. And I was like, this is I was like, this is a hundred bucks. So I didn't get them. I almost did not buy them, and then. So I saw them. I saw I had seen where you posted it in our in the Slack that you you saw them for a hundred, and then I went to the grocery store today and I went through the electronic section just in case, and they had one one of these there, and so I was like, yeah, I don't need it. So I walked to a different section and started uh, buying other groceries, and then I'm like, maybe let's I just do. see what it's going <laughs> for on eBay. Yeah. And it's like averaging between 100 and 120, depending on the auction. So yeah, I feel like people are trying to make you. Yeah, they're trying to make you think that it's worth more or something like that. And if it is not actually, then I probably should sell it soon. If I'm going to do that. Well, I mean, also there's been like a rumor going around that Nintendo like secretly made better new Joy Cons, which I don't believe that. But but if that is true. 
then maybe you have new, better Joy-Cons that they silently fixed, right? Because <laughs> that's one of the newest Possibly. Joy-Cons to come out. I mean, that's probably the newest I, version. You know, I just bought these a few hours ago, and I've been going back and forth in my head. Like, I even saved the receipt because I'm like, <laughs> maybe I'll even just take them back. But I'm like, I do want a new set of Joy-Cons, but I like to wait until they go on sale to buy a new set. I don't want to pay full price if possible, which I did for these. And they're cool looking, but I mean, they're just novelty Joy-Cons. So I don't know if anybody in listening to this has an opinion and you guys included, of course, like, should I flip these? I've never flipped stuff before with new stuff, at least. And I I said I was never going to buy this game or the Joy-Cons and I've now done both. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's true. You know what I'm going to say? I always say just, just keep it. I don't know. I'm not really into the flipping stuff because I mean, but you, I might you, end up helping someone else who really wants it get it, you know. Sure, but I was like, also, you don't really know when your joy cons are going to die on you again. You might as yeah. well have another, another, uh, yeah. you know, you might as well have another joy con that works. That that's how I feel. Like, have a backup plan, you know, in case one of your joy cons go down. I also that's think that they aren't going to be that rare. Like, I bet if you look online on eBay for. That we remote, that Zelda we remote from ten years ago from Skyward Sword. How, how, how much is that now? Is it, is it way more than what it was? Yeah, I, I don't think that it's going to be an item that it, now or anytime soon is going to be worth more. It's going for around fifty bucks, depending on the condition. Fifty to seventy-five. Oh, the controller, the the gold, the gold special edition Wiimote. Yeah, I see somebody selling it for like sixty-five, but. Isn't that about what it was? I don't remember how much those were when they even came out. I mean, if, if it holds its value, that's still good. If it's like yeah. worth what it was new, like that's still a good trend. Like, I think they were like forty at the time. I don't think yeah. I don't think in the long term that this is going to be worth money. So I might flip them and then buy another set, and it'll just be that much cheaper. But then I also have to go through the whole rigmarole of um, yeah. You got to ship them and stuff. Buying the shipping stuff, right, and then. They're spending all that time. But, I mean, they look cool. But, I don't know. I'm just going to keep them sealed for now and see how I feel. But yeah, for me, I next would, week, yeah. I may have either sold them or taken them back. We'll see. For me, I was thinking, like, you know, you never know You never know when your Joy-Cons are going to go out on you. So, it's nice to have a backup, I guess. I hey. know if I wouldn't have bought these that I would regret it right now. Even, I would have been like... Yeah. Oh, I should have grabbed those when I saw them because it's the only time I've seen them yeah. out and about. So, well, you also say that you don't play the Switch in handheld mode. No, and the Joy Cons I do have are working great. They're not used that often. The only time we use them is for Mario Party. So now, if I have this extra set, we could do four player Mario, three and four player Mario Party. There locally. you go. Yeah, you can do that. Can't do that with what I have so far. So this does like fully equip me for four-player Mario Party, and subsequently WarioWare when it comes out. And that's supposed to be online, maybe, from what I heard. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that was a news thing. I don't know. I'm just going to hold on to it for at least this next week and see what happens, most likely. But I thought I'd mention it because it just goes hand-in-hand hand with playing this game, which, yeah, I'm only to the Earth Temple, so... Um, I will say I'm right there with you, Trey, about like not being super fond of the art style. It's less about the cell shading, like that's cool. I think it's the, the colors are cool. It's the actual designs of the characters. It's the are. characters, yeah. They they look weird, especially Link. Mm-hmm. I think Link in himself looks strange. 
And I always thought he looked weird. Like his face looks weird. Mm. Like his eyes look weird. Like, I don't know. It didn't feel like it looked quite right for me. So I hate the, the way the Moblins look. They look oh, yeah. so stupid. <laughs> but it, I mean, it also, it still kind of reminds me of Breath of the Wild, I guess, because Moblins are everywhere in that game. And, and yeah, also, but the Moblins look cooler in Breath of the Wild. They yeah. look more like the Wind Waker Moblins. Sure, and they look more like monster. Like these ones, kind of look strange, but but uh, but they it's look still like, all... yeah, weird trolley kind of things. But even like the overhead when you're flying around, and there's the little islands that kind of remind mm-hmm. you of Wind Waker. But also like Breath of the Wild reminded me of Wind Waker as well in that way, where there's a lot of open spaces, but little parts that have things. So I don't know. And also, you ha- don't forget yeah. the character designs in Twilight Princess are weird as fuck too. Sure. So. Nintendo kind of does that a lot with their 3D stuff, but I think Link, for whatever reason yeah. they, they I think Link looked better though in in Twilight yeah. Princess than this. I agree. Yeah, but I think the enemies look worse in this than Twilight Princess. Yeah, because they're more like stylized and had like a possession factor with some of them. it's it's that what do they call it gouache or whatever like the painting style like that it's totally looks looks like right you, you know what I'm talking about I. G-A-U-C-H-E. Yeah, something like that. It's it's a it's a painting thing. It just just mentioned it when we first saw like, yeah, Breath, like Breath of the Wild for the first time. It's like Realism. it's like the way the well, yeah, the way the colors Okami's look, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be referencing that. Like straight up, like they even said that. Like uh there was a mm. quote directly from Nintendo saying that. I'd never heard of the term before, but Jess she's she's a encyclopedia of, of uh, I think the art terms, art style so. of Wind Waker still holds better than this one. By far, like the minimalism. Oh, for of sure. Wind yeah, no. Wind Waker's gonna look is great forever. Asset, yeah. Whereas, you know, this was a swan song for the Wii, and they could do a lot with it. But as you push towards that realism, you like, you like, do not future proof yourself. You're better off looking like, you're better off looking dated at the time, for future proofness. It's so weird, but it's true. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. the the more The more realistic you make it, the more the easier it's gonna age. Mm. You know, it's not gonna age well. Like the more stylistic, it's like the, you know, like the Final Fantasy games, like the Super Nintendo ones, still look awesome. But anything after that looks like trash. <laughs> you know, like the more the more stuff they try to get real, make realistic. I do so. see there being a a renaissance for the low poly stuff, and we've seen a little bit of it, and we've even talked about it on the show. But oh yeah, yeah, because I love for the time being, stuff. it's really not. It still hasn't really caught on. I think in the mainstream, we'll see it though. We'll see some low poly looking stuff that'll be really popular. I mean, we've already mainstream. seen it. There's already been stuff on the Switch, like the on the eShop that's low poly. Like, I mean, I bought that vaccine game that's like supposed mm-hmm. to look like low poly Resident Evil. Like, it's already there. Like, we, I mean, it was one of my games of the year. Like the short hike. That's low. That was going for the DS low poly mm-hmm. nostalgia. So, I mean, it's already a thing. And that's another one called Sledge Life that I'm interested in, which is like, and I'm here for it. Looks it. Like, it looks like looks like a PlayStation game that was recorded on VHS. They have like a VHS filter over it. it. Looks really cool. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. That actually was reviewed really well. On um, I don't know. Yeah, what. it's a developer game. Yeah, yeah. It was. I I saw that. Uh, some of the YouTube channels that I watched like really liked it. I think like Nintendo Life or Switch Up like, really liked it. So. Yeah, I was that, thinking, thinking the, about getting the it. Joy-Con are all I purchased this week, so it's still a lot of money. But you know, I, at least I was able to be like, "Well, I didn't buy a game." Um, other well, people I, bought games, but I'll get to that. I would say I, I haven't bought. Well, I mean, last thing I bought was was a uh, Skyward, and I wasn't even here. 
for that. I spoke last week about uh, my 180 on Songs for a Hero. I purchased that game. I paid full price for it, which is fine. It was only $15. And I'm glad I did because it makes me smile. It's very funny. It's like funny in just the dumbest ways. Was, was, it's was, not <laughs> even like lowest. It's not even like offensive humor. It's like dumb. It's just and jokes. It's corny. Was it was it because I responded to the episode and I told you that I kind of like that song? That was I was already there. thinking it. Like the song was stuck in my head after editing the episode, which I think I mentioned last week. Yeah, because I remember listening to the song it's and I was like, oh. I was like, well, I think that song's kind of funny. I don't know because you guys were talking about how annoying the song was, and I was like, oh, no, I didn't think it was that bad. And because I, so does your assessment uh, on the show, you you said it sounded like a guy just like making up words to the music as he plays. Does it, does it, is it like that? Yeah, it keeps yeah. being that way. And yeah. so, so some of my favorite stuff. So, one point he's like, he starts singing in the beginning. He's like, "Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the hero." Oh wait, I already told you before. And he like stops, and then he like starts again. Like he, it's totally it has a stream of consciousness effect. And then sometimes he'll like drop out for a little while, and then he'll come back as you like enter a new area, and you're like not quite sure that he's going to match up to what's happening. Then all of a sudden he will, he'll be like, and then I just hit that switch and you'll be like, Oh, I just hit it. And it like was right when, even though he started singing before I even did it, like the timing is pretty hilarious, but there's other times where I'll like be going through something and then he'll mention it like 30 seconds later. It's almost like I'm like ahead of him in pace, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't happen that often. Like it's almost always like right on the money, and does it does it change? Impressive. Does it like change depending on what you're doing? Like, or is I it, think so. Yeah. I think it, they think there's some variations because I've gone back. Like I've died. I haven't died very often. It's it's really hard to die because even if you fall down a cliff, you just like lose a little energy. Um, but yeah, going just back, do nothing. Does he? It just about, it just yeah. starts being instrumental, and then it'll like. I think that it like there's something dynamic about the soundtrack where it's in chunks to where you'll get to a spot like midway point on two of the different levels. There's this NPC sitting there that looks kind of like a wizard or something. And when you run up to him, you'll just kind of freeze and then the music will catch up. And then you start talking to him. So it's incremental in how it works and I don't completely understand, but it kind of, kind of reminds me of a uh, great mighty poo, you know, where like it goes where Very it, it so. does the, it does the cut scene and then it goes, nah, 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 and then it just, just does the music for a while until you do a thing. And then it just automatically cuts to you like to the next mm-hmm. verse, you know, that just kind of reminds me of that, that except yeah. unfortunately boss fights. I fought, I've beaten two of the bosses. I'm on the third set of levels and it's, you get a little bit of a song at the beginning of the boss battle, but the boss doesn't say anything. Yeah, that would have been a really cool addition. That's to it. If, they, if they did like really a, yeah, if they did like a back and forth, like that would be interesting. It kind of reminds me. What, what was it? One of those? Uh, was it one of those? Uh, was it Devolver? Or whoever did? Um, whoever did that one game that I can't remember that you like so much from last year with the gods in there? What is it? Hades. But I like talking about the oh, Ubisoft Hades, one. Hades, yeah. No, no. There, there was another. There was another game that was by that same company, where they like Bastion, where they like uh, Bastion, yeah, where they, they yep. yeah, where they like voice over the whole thing about what you're doing and changes. The, yeah, that, that's what it reminds me of. 
there's a narrator that talks over whatever you're doing. There's a kind of a narrator in um gosh darn why am I blanking on what it's called now? The one that came out before Hades. There's kind of a narrator sort of thing. Transistor? Transistor, yeah, because yeah. your sword talks to you. Yeah, that was uh, a big that was a big uh, selling point that people were talking about for Bastion. I never played it because I don't know. I just didn't. But that was what people were saying that, yeah, that it had this narrator that would talk about what you're doing and it would change depending on what you're doing. And that kind of reminds me, like, maybe this game is inspired by that and they're just taking it to the, you know, to the musical aspect of it. Stanley Parable. They make a lot of references to other games in it. It's pretty cheesy how they do it. And, like, after you beat, like, after you beat the whole first section, which is all a bunch of little snakes. So I will say, like, the bosses look really cool, but the normal enemies or whatever, they're forgettable. They're not terrible, but the design, like, seems like it was put really into, like, the boss creatures, which look incredible. And, like, the 2D sort of, like, uh, scaling sprite kind of way, and it's really cool. But uh, after you beat the first boss, which is a giant snake... Uh, you leave the castle and it says it was built by Solid Snake. Like they're making references to Solid uh-huh. Snake. And then also at one point, I understood like, that reference. Yeah, someone tells you that you know the princess is in another castle. Like that's totally like a thing. And yeah. um, one that... time, there's like a level where there's monkeys throwing, there's monkeys throwing rocks at you, and that was. There's monkeys throwing rocks at you. Yeah, right now. uh, There it is. There's the monkey back there. I see it. Uh, There it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's my old quote about uh, go home and take care of your grandmas. I'm not going to take your bananas because there's just these monkeys throwing rocks at you throughout the whole level. And the whole time he's just like, wish these monkeys would leave me alone. Wish they'd just go back home. Like, Taking all these like simple rhymes about the monkeys, and then eventually he's like, "I'm not going to take your bananas. You can just go." But there's this one point where like a gorilla shows up, and he's kind of a harder enemy. He's like, I wouldn't call him a mini boss, but he takes like a lot of hits to kill him. And uh, he like you beat the first one. He's like, "That gorilla was really bad, but at least he wasn't throwing barrels at me or something like yeah. that." So just lots of like video game references that are very tongue in cheek and. Um, as I said before, he'll occasionally just forget what he's talking about and like, oh wait, I already said that, you know. And the different songs are very different cadences, so the vocals are not always super straightforward. Like I'm actually kind of impressed by some of the like, dun, 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 dun. you know, there's like certain rhythms to uh, different songs where <laughs> I'm pretty impressed once again that there was an English rhyming scheme able to be shoved into that from this Brazilian game. So Oh sure, yeah. I'd say That's, like it's very yeah. Mega Man like having played more of it. It's like a kind of a slow paced Mega Man. Not as much projectiles, but you can fire projectiles and you get like special attacks which are pretty cool. Because you get like you can repel stuff with your shield and you can like almost like Skyward Sword, you can shoot a beam out of your sword if you charge it up and then I just recently got a skill that lets me turn invisible and I can pass through walls and stuff. So it does have some pretty cool power ups and it's fun and the controls are really tight. And like I said, the boss battles are both of that I've played were really fun. You know, they were highly reminiscent of Mega Man or just a lot of those. I mean, even like Shovel Knight or even some more modern 2D games. Just some really satisfying 2D boss battles that are challenging, but once you figure out the patterns, 
you know, you're pretty good to go. But that was pretty much it. I do want to, I do want to beat the, the main mode. And then there's a bunch of stuff since this is like the ultimate edition or the complete edition and comes with all the DLC. Then I don't know much about it, but I think you can change the songs themselves. Kind of like you did in Parappa or Boom Jammer Lammy, where you'd like alter the instrumentation and then it would almost become a different genre of song. So I'm kind of interested to hear what these songs sound like in a different genre. If you, the words are changed or if they still fit them in the same structure, but with a different vocal style or even a different vocalist. I don't know. It's fun. And it's kind of funny to put it on. And Sean is like in the background and getting kind of annoyed with it. I'm like, I, mean, I got to beat this game. I paid for it. Got to play it. <laughs> it's. I'm not going to say it's not annoying, but it still makes me smile because I've never played anything quite like it with the exception of yeah. the, the boss battle and, Conquer's bad for a day. Yeah, I thought, I mean, when I heard the song, I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll try it. But I was like, but then it was like $15. And also I have these big games that I, that mm-hmm. I just want to play. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, for me, it's like, maybe I won't, I don't know. I thought about getting like the world ends with you too, but I'm like, but I have all these other games to play. Chances are I'll probably wait till, till uh, no more heroes three before I get another thing, but we'll see. Um, otherwise, I've covered most of what I did this week. Talking about what you did, uh, play a little Tony Hawk. I don't think there's any nothing too notable. I guess I don't know if I've been intentionally avoiding it, but I know it is kind of a. It's got some Activision roots, so maybe it's a reason I haven't won. Oh yeah, yet. Activision. Yeah, I was... I've also just really been. <laughs> there's been so many other things I've been playing. I made I made a joke about that. On. Yeah, because Jesse like tagged us on Twitter and was like, "What about Activision?" I was like, "You got to take back all your Tony Hawks." Mm-hmm. All of them, even though I know he's the only one that has like an I've actual physical take back version my, of it. Uh, yeah, gotta take back my pitfall that David Crane signed. <laughs> Other than it. that, uh, I downloaded the Mister Driller Drillland demo. That game's been out for a while on the eShop. It was a GameCube game, actually. Like oh, the, a, I, I thought you played the demo from like way, way, way back when. When, when I don't know if around. I ever downloaded the demo. If I had, then I barely remember it because I downloaded it again, and it's kind of fun. I want to play. I want to try two player mode, but after I played it a few times, I started to kind of get why it's. I remember it being on sale addictive. a couple times. The game's on sale for a few more hours. Yeah, I think yeah. it's only like six bucks or something. Really? Oh yep. shit! Well, I mean, it's got a really cool aesthetic. It's very clean and anime looking, and all the characters are not what you think of when you think of like the like they look the same as the Mister Driller Driller characters you think of, but they're super highly stylized, almost in like a crazy taxi kind of over-exaggerated way. But it's fun. I mean, especially since since it was free. Uh, I thought I should definitely mention, because I was I was moaning about it last week and telling the whole story, that uh, we found Mario DDR. We found the disc. Oh, nice. And so I actually got to play that this week, finally. I got to hook up nice. Mario DDR and play Adventure Mode, and it is so stupid. Oh, it's dumb. No, it, it's it actually had a one of the what was it one of the first iPhones that came out that had video capabilities on it. Mm-hmm. I had a video saved of uh, X Play's review of uh, Mario DDR on there, <laughs> and it, and I remember them talking about how hilarious the story is. How like basically anything that happens to you is solved through uh, through dancing. 
That's literally it. It's like, it's like I don't know how we're yeah. going to get out of here. I know. How about try dancing your way out? It's like you lost your keys? Dancing. It's like, can't uh-huh. pay the rent? Dance. It's like, uh, yeah. got you know, got some sort of disease from whatever? Uh, dance. Got COVID? Dance it off. You know, like it's, you know, whatever. Can't dance? Dance. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's really dumb. Uh, so Waluigi wants to be the best dancer in the world. So it's kind of funny because I ju- I w- I've been playing two games simultaneously where, where Waluigi is kind of a villain or at least a competitor yeah, right? against and, me. And he's like 21 now, right? He can drink finally. He's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was just a little baby in this one. Yeah. I mean, he's like 21 or 22. Like, he had an anniversary yeah. recently. Yeah, this game came out in 2005. So I do. I feel kind of bad for talking shit about the music in this game because I put two of the songs in the last episode. You um, did, yeah. <laughs> and they're really good. There's, I would say half the songs suck though. Like half the songs are really bad. Yeah, there, there's half the, of them are great. There's the public though. domain stuff. Yeah, which is yeah, it's either whatever. it totally sucks yeah. or it totally rules. So all in all, it's average. It doesn't suck. It's average <laughs> as a, as a game musically. But I do like that it doesn't have like as much of the extra shit. Especially it doesn't have the uh, waggle mode in it that was in the other DDR I was playing on Wii last week. Oh so. yeah, yeah, for sure. I love the lack of waggle. Waggle didn't exist at the time. And there's still some of the special tiles, but they make more sense because they, I don't know. Like, for instance, the the weird random tiles that come from the bottom and you don't know where they're going to land. Those are like uh, Goombas or something. They're like a bad guy coming after you and you want to stomp them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. I remember that. Yeah, Like, all the stomping mechanics make sense. Like, the things you have to hit twice are Koopa Troopas, and that makes sense because you stomp on it once to make it go in its shell and you stomp on it again to kick it, and then it actually knocks all the notes down that are below it so you don't have to hit them. So I just think it really does a good job, at least in that regard, of making the power-up-y kind of things make sense within the Mario universe. But the story itself is bad. It's really bad. (laughs) But uh, All the public domain songs. I I, I thought it was hilariously bad because... I remember there's like one time you have to like get on a boat and like dance across the river and it's like... Yep. Yeah, it's just so... It's so dumb, but I think it's kind of funny at the same time. And uh, I, I wanted to mention, and I your did, uh, Waluigi like took all the power of music from the world, but in doing so, which I don't really understand, in doing so, it made everybody have to dance. Like everybody's forced to dance as a result. They're but, like locked in this really simple rhythm or whatever. But 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 at least they, I think they tried more on this story though than they did versus uh, versus like the story of Mario Golf, right? I mean, I think the story on. <sighs> DDR is a little bit better because it's more ridiculous. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, it, it doesn't like. If I could, if I had to put them it's both ridiculous, together, I'd be it's, like, that one's it better. It stays ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't. Do, it doesn't say like, and here's a golf tournament that actually totally makes sense. Well, it's not like, oh yeah, and then go find the Thunder Club like mm-hmm. just out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I would give it at least that. But I'm. I was just stoked to play this game for the first time and. Who knows how long? I bet it's been at least a decade since I've actually played Mario DDR. I was going to say, you know, this one was notoriously known as one of the easiest DDRs there is. I do remember that being a thing where, like, people said that the Mario DDR was like a beginner version because it's easier than all the other ones. Because I remember Conan uh, 
my roommate who was super into DDR. He said it was too it was too easy. And I do remember we had an instance one time we worked on a movie way years ago where a car caught on fire, all this other shit. And we were at the hotel for the last weekend of this indie movie we were working on. And we were all staying in the same room, like all six of us or whatever. And we were playing DDR and we ended up getting the, the hotel was called on us for playing DDR too loud. Cause I remember, oh cause I remember people were like jumping off of the bed, like onto the DI, uh, DDR pad and stuff like that. We were all, we were all wasted and it had been a long, we've been working on this movie for like four weeks or whatever. And we were just, yeah. And the main actor's car caught fire, like on, while we were trying to drive to this hotel and we got picked up by one of the, by one of the producers or whatever. And, and they bought us booze and we were just like, this is like the last weekend of the movie. And we were just like going crazy and i had ddr and i remember yeah we played the shit out of ddr and i remember conan playing the final level with bowser like on the hardest mode and getting through most of it because he's like this is too easy it's way too easy yeah i'm not <laughs> yeah. that good so. i i've tried playing on the harder mode and it's not for me <laughs> but i yeah. could play on the middle mode on that so i would say that makes sense because like there's four difficulty levels almost the other ddrs i've played and the second one is pretty hard, and the third one is impossible for me, at least as a player. So uh, on this, I can play the second difficulty level, but it's already starting to get pretty challenging, in my opinion. Like, I'm about, I think I've got two of the five or whatever. I don't know. I only played it for like an hour one night, but it you, was fun. You need that bar, glad. like you were saying in the previous episode. <laughs> you need the whole you, setup, yeah. You need the bar. You need to build, I mean, you know, fit it into your into your like music area. Get a bar there. But we're gonna keep going because I think it's uh definitely good uh to mention here. So Shauna's brother came over last week. I guess it was last, it wasn't that many days ago. It was since the last podcast. But he came over with his Saturday. partner and they just kinda wanted to see the new spot, you know, and uh kind of do like a bit of like a mini housewarming kind of thing. They brought us like a couple little gifts and stuff. It's really nice. I was at work for the first part of it, but I came home and was able to hang out. And so I came home and and Sean is like, we bought more sing stars. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out like uh, Sean and her brother are in a band together called the Aranters. They actually just released an album recently. It's on Spotify. They have a, a uh, project they do together. So they both just love to sing. So, I, when he came over and she was like, Hey, we have sing star a game where we can sing. Like that was totally up his alley. He wanted to do that. So she's like, but we only have sing star nineties. And they were like out eating dinner or, you know, they had, maybe they were out. I can't remember exactly what they were doing, but he was just like, well, what if we went to disc replay and bought more sing stars and they went and they bought five more. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, they're, they're probably like, I mean, they're probably like $5 or something, right? They, they were like, I think she said they were $3 a piece. Yeah. Except for the, she bought a PS3 one that was 99 cents. So that one I haven't been able Can't play to that one. Yeah. <laughs> test out yet. I don't think it's going to work because I don't have a PS3. So it would be like, is it going to work on a PS4 using equipment for the PS2? I really doubt I it, think but so. I'm going to try at some point. I don't think you can play PS3 games on PS4, though. I don't think they're backwards so. compatible. I think that's been like a huge criticism the whole time. Yeah. But uh, the ones that we added were... Uh, Singstar Rocks, Singstar Amped, Singstar 80s, and Singstar Pop. And then the one that was uh, the PS3 version, and I wish it worked. It's Singstar ABBA. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Specifically ABBA songs. So I mean, Fernando. Gosh, that would be so cool if it worked. All of them. So I'm going to try to get it to work. I don't have high hopes, but it was the cheapest game of all of them. It was 99 cents. So 
at least now I have five playable PS2 SingStar games. So that just opens up all the possibilities and uh, and you haven't all even the, all the weird music videos and <laughs> you haven't even made it to Karaoke Revolution yet, which is uh, I haven't. Well, it's I mean, a, that's a gu- Guitar list. Hero fame, you know, harmonics and all that. Before See if I can get a hold of a uh, an eye toy for the PS2 or whatever they called the camera. The, and uh, the, was this, the GameCube one is pretty cheap. So, I mean, if if you're... Uh, cause I it's actually, cheap, but it didn't have the camera. The camera was only on the PS2. Version. Yeah, there, there was no camera for that, yeah. But, I mean, I did, I did end up buying it, like, during the pandemic. And I think Jess and I, we only played it, like, two times, but... But yeah, you know, it was a it was a game I had played before, and it was one of those things. But I mean, yeah. Well, believe me, I, I will continue well. to invest in getting this like the dumbest music game collection that I can without, hopefully, without having to break the bank. I'm not. Luckily, all this stuff's really cheap so far, so I'll probably end up getting like a DJ Hero set eventually because I've seen those pretty cheap. Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna err on the cheap side of things, but. It is kind of fun to have all this stuff because together it makes for a great party. And we actually went downstairs because uh, we were playing upstairs in the office on my tube TV. And uh, then I went downstairs and hooked up the actual karaoke setup we have. And we did some like real karaoke afterwards, which was, I think, way more fun. But still, it's cool that it's a video game, you know. So, yeah, music music games continue to, to march on at my house. And I hope they keep doing that. Uh, nine, yeah, nine, one, nine dollars karaoke revolution on gamecube <laughs> free shipping i need to get it on yeah. ebay except well, i gotta get a mic as well it has to be a usb mic i don't know with the blue well, eyes no, will work. Well, well the gamecube well actually the gamecube one if you do get that one you need it, the mics that came with uh mario party mario party yeah yeah you need you need yeah, those or odama or odama or whatever yeah. yeah luckily the ps2 is a lot more lax on what it accepts to it has the like, usb thing yeah. i may actually i didn't even think about it but i wonder if i could hook the blue icicle up to the ps2 i doubt it but it's worth a try i mean you could try it i i, I want you to i want you to try out the Wii sing that's on a uh, switch because that has usbs also you got to try the the karaoke switch thing so you could do it on hd and the, i think i will the switch karaoke I'm- i mean the goal is to have like the most bitchin music setup in the whole land so I'm going to keep going. I guess there's one last thing I want to talk about, and that is I actually downloaded my Apple Arcade because I wanted to give Fantasia a try. There you go. Yeah, how so, is it? I haven't tried the game yet. I like it. I like it so far. Um, it's very much... The battle systems aren't, aren't, aren't too complicated yet. This is what Not I, yet. This is what I learned from the other episodes that I wasn't right. on, was that when battle systems get too complicated, that's where Jeremy jumps out of the RPG, which is a shame because you, cause you like RPGs. I do, but I don't like to get overwhelmed. Like I don't want to like have to learn. I don't know something about learning a new thing in a game no. is great if they are good with organically teaching you instead sure. of no, you I understand. have yeah. to learn the system. And if you don't have it figured out by now, you're fucked. Yeah, no, I, no, I understand. I mean, most yeah, most RPGs are like that where they have that moment where it's like, okay, here's where we're gonna separate the adults from the kids. You know where mm-hmm. it's. You, if you don't know, if you don't know the battle system, this is going to be that that particular fight. But I, I don't know. I, as I've talked about many times on here, I actually like battles. Like most of the RPGs that I really get into are because I like the battle systems. So mm-hmm. I like I like learning them. You know, as long as it doesn't seem like it's unfair. But I mean, I 
I had a hard time getting into the battle systems of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but then I ended up loving the battle systems later, so I don't know. It's kind of... I feel like just, you know, give it some time, I guess. <laughs> well, so far, so good. Um, it It's really, like, I've only played touchscreen, and as I said before, I got the mini iPhone, but... I got the 12 mini, but I actually found my old iPhone 4, and... The size difference is ridiculous. Like oh, they look like they're about the mi- same. This right? is a mini. Yeah, the mi- but the, the screen on the, the four is one. so. Oh yeah, the the screen on the mini on the iPhone four is like, I mean, it's not on right now, so you can't really see it. But yeah, yeah. see how small it is. Sure. And then this is all screen, so like. I'm wondering how I'm yeah. wondering how small the mini is compared to like my phone. I don't know. It's supposedly around the size of a five, I think. It's kind of like where it's set, like somewhere between a five and a six. It's when they started to make it taller, but tried to eliminate the bezel more. I really like it so far. Gotta get, gotta get rid as of far as bezel. playing Fantasian on it goes, <laughs> so far so good. But after playing through the first initial kind of introductory introductory level, teaches you all the battles. The battles are cool. The battle system is really cool because you choose your attack and then you kind of drag it towards your target. And that I really like that, you know, it's like, and it's kind of like Chrono Trigger as well, where if it's like a line of sight attack, it'll hit everybody in the line if it's oh you know, sure yeah. line. So that's cool. You kind of are at, at an advantage if you use certain attacks on certain formations of monsters. On top of that, it's got like an actively like you're you have a robot buddy who can attack, but he doesn't hit that hard, but. More or less, he's like your healer and your uh, and your buffer, and you have to stay buffed because, especially with the bosses, they have extremely powerful attacks that will wipe you out if you're not shielding yourself. So, it's just, uh, I mean, it doesn't feel that different than a Final Fantasy kind of game or even just a lot of old school Square, um, you know. And then aesthetically very much seems like a, a, a dystopian cyberpunk uh steampunky whatever you got that whole vibe so um the character is in fact is an amnesiac so from, from what i heard the opening is kind of the same as like the beginning of final fantasy 7 right like in the factory and all that yep and the yeah the character doesn't remember anything and the robots are trying to fill the character in on what happened and why they're doing things the way they're doing it and the character's just like i don't remember that Mm. and then after that you go to a town and so that's where i'm at now i mean i'm not that far into the game but in the town it's like zoomed way out and that's where i'm kind of like okay well this tiny screen isn't as cool anymore (laughs) because it'd be kind of cool if you could dynamically zoom in and out in and out with the camera I mean, I would love that if it gave you that option, but it doesn't. So on a smaller screen, that's not as fun. And it might be more fun with physical controls, which this does allow. I just haven't figured out how to hook up a Bluetooth controller yet. But if I had the 8-bit dough you two have, oh, you it would just seamlessly hook be a little to bit it. Easier. Yeah. yeah. And then I could get one of those little cradle things yeah. for it. And I would totally have an Apple Arcade mobile device. So... Yeah, first time I've played a mobile game in a long time where I was like, this is good. I was. I mean, maybe <laughs> since Pokemon Go, where I'm like, okay, this is a good mobile game. 
And and Pokemon Go is not even a good mobile game. So, but this is it was like when it first came out. I thought, but yeah, I, I thought it was all about the hype. I don't know. There was no actual. I also downloaded Angry no Birds. Game to it. Angry Birds Classic because, come on, Angry hey, Birds was, was I played, what I played. On I played the shit out of Angry Birds like uh-huh. back in the day. There was this one game called Truck and Trucks and Skulls, which is uh-huh. like Angry Birds, but you shoot trucks into things, and it's like super mm-hmm. metal. And that one was kind of fun too, but. It was free, but whatever. There was this one game called Boom Blocks, and it was like Angry Birds. Pull up. <laughs> yeah, but Angry Birds wasn't out yet uh, when, when Boom Blocks came out. Boom Blocks was pre-Birds. That was the Birds no, before they were the, angry. That was subtle there Birds. There was this Flash game that was about a, about castles that came out before Angry Birds that did it first. I remember that game. Castle Crashers? I can't remember what it was called. Something about it was It was like you were destroying castles, mm. and you were throwing like... You had like trebuchets and stuff, but it was the exact same physics. Yeah. I'm sure you guys uh, know. I, I was going to ask. I asked Jeremy. I was like, "When do you? How much? How much Apple Arcade do you think I've played since I got it that one time that zero. I talked about zero. it? Zero. I haven't touched it. No, <laughs> I haven't touched it since I got it that one night. Well, I mean, I, I played the golf thing on there when until Mario Golf came out, and then I played Mario Golf. So, well, yeah, I, I haven't touched I, it also, at all since I've I got the trial again. I haven't touched it. Yeah. Another thing I guess I didn't mention is the music is. Incredible and Fantasia. I mean, it's just oh, yeah, really it's high quality console, triple Yeah, it's like triple A quality music. So playing it uh, uh, with my headphones on my Bluetooth headphones, like holy shit! Like it feels like I'm playing a console game, and you know, it's just on a really small screen. So if I sit outside on my porch and kind of hold it like a foot or so away from my face and have my headphones on, I can kind of get into the zone. Sure. And that's where the controller would come into play. That's where if I could hold it like a handheld, I think I could really get into it. But you should get the well, I mean it's like a hundred dollars, but you know, the whatever the fuck it's called. The the one that like snaps around the back of your phone. Mm-hmm. The one that everybody loves. I forget I forget what it's called now, but Me too. It's expensive. It's it's a hundred dollars, but it's supposedly the best way to play um handheld stuff. It's called I've like, read a lot of backbone like, or something like that. Maybe it's backbone. I don't know. Something. I've read a lot of shit talk about like the iPhone 12's mini's battery because it's smaller. It has a smaller battery, but my phone that I had before this was five years old. So I just, it's a totally different world we're in now. And um, a bad battery to me is still incredible, <laughs> I guess. So I don't know. I might try to play more games on this thing, especially since when I do that, I'm going to be at home when I do it anyway. So it doesn't really matter. And I got like the magnetic charger for it and everything I did. I, I just jumped into that whole Aco, or Apple ecosystem. So I was telling John before we started recording that I already had a dream. Well, I don't. I didn't tell you I had a dream about it, but yeah, I had a dream last night. I got an iPad, and I was like, I have to buy an iPad. I have an iPhone now. <laughs> like, so I just went out and bought an iPad, which I'm not going to do that, but eventually I might get one. They're expensive, though. They're so expensive. Well, I might buy. I'm going to buy one that's like an older one whenever so, I do. So it'll only do like two things. That's, they they'll fuck you over in that way because it's you know it has to be like a certain has to be able to have a certain operating system to be able to use certain oh. apps so that's the problem with trying to old, buy older apps older older Apple stuff because they don't even sell it so they won't won't even sell you software through their website that will work for older things because they want you to I was bummed that buy all the, my, the super expensive I've, versions of I finally linked my old Apple account to it and I still couldn't get any of the stuff that I had downloaded before. And it really bummed me out because 
It's because it's not on the new probably, system. I bet I spent at least a hundred bucks on apps and stuff on it back in the day. Yeah. If that well, if the apps don't update to whatever the new operating system is, it won't work. So there's ones that I have actually bought that don't that won't carry over. But I got my iPad in 2016, and I, I think it was I think it was the newest one at the time. Maybe it was, it was like a year behind. I remember that it was a year behind. I paid six hundred bucks for it, and it's still working. I'm using it right now for this podcast. But I think if you were able to get an older one, maybe like like not too old, maybe like three years old or something. You could you could get it for a good deal if you wanted to, and it still lasts you a while. I want it for honestly. I wanted to like try out iMovie and Garage. You know, I want to try all that stuff that I've been missing out on as far as the production tools. I mean, and you I have, have you have an bigger editor. screen for that. I mean, you have an editor for your laptop though. Like you have a video editor. It's not. I mean, iMovie is probably like the lowest version of any sort of editor. Mm-hmm. That you would have for video, so you're not missing anything, is what I'm saying. iMovie is the, I guess you know that. It's yeah. like the I know because I edited everything on my on iMovie. It's like the lowest version of that. Like I think what you have on your on your laptop is better than than what I have probably. on my iMovie. Well, if I ever did get an iPad, it would be probably just as a supplementary supplementary screen, which is not another thing I need right now. So. Yeah. I mean, once yeah, I, I once it. I realized I could buy like a the Amazon pad for like sixty dollars, like. Uh-huh. I mean, that was like, it was top of the line right there for 60 bucks instead of paying $600 for an iPad. You know, it's just, it depends on what you want it for, I guess. I mainly got the iPhone because it just seemed like the best phone that AT&T offered me at the time, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I wanted a smaller phone. I wanted to kind of like try to get a little less distracted by my phone. I'm, su- I'm surprised because you were such a, you were an Apple hater for years. Yeah, I mean, I've been an Apple phone since 2011 or 2012. I don't know. I don't remember when I got the 4S, but I only had it for like two years before I went back to Android. But I still have the 4S and it still works. And as far as all my old Android phones, that's not the case. They all crapped out on me. So there's something to say for that, that I can literally still use my 4S if my other phone craps out, at least for basic functions. But I will say... um, that's it for me. <laughs> I, I was going to mention my Game Boy games, but I, mean, I'll, I can save that for later. I was going to say, I, I figured that our uh, opening part would be super long on this one. so But that's all right. John, let's talk about Streets of Rage 4. Yeah, I finally got Streets of Rage 4 Mr. X Nightmare, the DLC. We talked about it last week. How it was delayed because of a technical bug. Well, they figured it out. I was checking pretty much every day for the last week, and uh, turned it on yesterday afternoon about four or five o'clock and lo and behold, it was ready to go. So I'm, I'm very happy to report that it was worth the wait. Uh, it was only, first of all, it was only it's on sale for $6.79. I think the normal price is $8. Um, and I think for eight bucks, it's a fantastic deal. You get three characters with it. You get Shiva, who is the ninja dude. Well, he was a boss that you fought. You get the, uh, I forget her name, but the, the Ronda Rousey looking character oh okay cool uh, yeah she looked like she should be part of the part of the team yeah she actually became part of the team in, in the story spoilers but later on she has become not, part of the team but, but not playable not playable yeah yeah and then the the third character is max and the wrestler right Max, the wrestler yeah yeah so um a little bit about all those so i think max is like crazy o- overpowered but in the best way like he's he's huge. He's got the size. He's got the the strength and all that. 
but he also has speed. He walks slowly, but his movements are really, really quick. Like his hands move very fast. Um, you can just his dive move that he does. He like does this jump in the air and then body slam on the ground. It'll just like clear the whole field. Uh, it sounds like something that it could be like a little bit unfair, but honestly, like if you have a big guy like Max, like that's kind of what you want. You just kind of want to like destroy the scenery mm -hmm. and it's so satisfying to do it. Um, and then Shiva is, his moves are really cool too. Like his animations are so fluid and he's got a, a wide variety of, of moves. And if you've played Streets of Rage 4, you know, that all the moves are like really simple to, to do. It's nothing like you have to memorize any complex button movements. It's just basically the same basic movements for every, character will result in a different cool move and i just feel like with shiva i'm able to like chain together all these cool things and um i'm still finding new new nuances in the animation that make me stop and say wow like i think it's his special move that he does zip across the screen when i say zip across the screen i mean like you there must be like three frames of animation like it's just really really fast and then he's standing there like he'll go through the enemies and he'll stand there with his back turned to the enemies and his hands like folded in prayer. And then after the, after he's already there, that's when the hits register. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like so satisfying the way the animations are. It's just, it, you feel like it's a little badass. It reminds um, me a little bit like when it, like the samurai cartoons or movies where they like slice something and they just stand there and then it like yes. falls behind them. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It just feels so good. Uh, and if, even if it was just the characters, just the characters alone, I think it would be worth the $8. But they actually have a whole new mode, which is the Mr. X Nightmare mode. And you're entering in a, a simulation, um, which is essentially just a, a, I forget what they call it, like a never-ending mode. Like never-ending never battle, see how far you can go, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Endurance mode. Endurance mode, exactly. That's yeah. what it is. And the endurance mode is really cool because they have, at each at the end of each each wave, you'll have an option of pick this power up or that power up and the power ups aren't just like tacked on kind of kind of things they actually like add some substance and they give you some cool moves and stuff like like lead flight you can have, you can have flames to your moves like like if you're throwing a punch now you have like a fire punch which will create fire all around uh or you can increase your walking speed increase your jump stuff that's actually going to benefit you and make the odds increase that you're going to last a little bit longer in the survival mode. So I played that for about 20 or 30 minutes the other day. It's, this, this was yesterday now that I was, I actually got it. So I haven't had a whole lot of time to play around with it, but from what I have played, I've really enjoyed the DLC. And I think it's a no brainer. If you've got, if you've got streets rage Four, you got to get this DLC. It, it adds a lot to the game. And if you don't have streets rage Four, get, get it. It's fantastic. Yeah. No, I know. I know you really like the game, and it's nice to have some more, more stuff that added on to that. And I know uh, the character Max was available, right? Where you could unlock the Streets of Race three or two version, because you could play a version of him on there, right? Yeah, you, could play the, you could play the, the Streets of Rage two version of him. But was all pixelated and stuff. Yeah, but the new one is better. Is what you're saying? The new like one is much, better. The new one is OP. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a new character. Yeah, the the old. Okay, so the 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 Streets of Rage two version the pixelated version i think it was basically a uh, reskin of the of the character that's in the street stage for already floyd ira or iria i forget how you say his last name but i so I, I i think it's not it's not an actually like original max character you know what i mean but this is a whole new character done from the ground up 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really satisfying to play. I, I did feel it was kind of weird in the game when you fight when you fight Max at the part in the game that he that they don't end up joining you. You know, because mm-hmm. I thought that yep. well, because Max was in Streets of Rage too. I, I thought yeah. that maybe when you fight him and they realize the wrong of the wrong of their right. doings or whatever, that they would turn now. You they would become the team. right. It felt kind of weird to me that that he didn't. So I don't know. I agree. But that's cool that you have that on there now. But do you think you'd be getting it? Because I know you have Streets of Rage 4. I, I like Streets of Rage 4 a lot. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, it seems pretty cheap. If I have a day where I don't work and have some free time, then yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one of these days where I work in place. I fell asleep playing uh, Skyward Sword last night. So, you know, I mean, I'm in that world, which I haven't been there for a while. But, you know, it's like I'll just play a little bit and I'm like... Just like standing right next to one of the bird statues, sleeping with a controller in my hand. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've done that, but yeah. No, well, I, so mean, I was looking on on the shop today, and um, you know, you just sort of check it every once in a while. I'm like, eh, maybe I should have checked it, but I was glad I did because I, I, I ended up getting another beat 'em up. I want to. The Switch is the fantastic beat 'em up system, the best beat 'em up system of all time. There's it's a lot. There's a lot of them on there, right? I mean, there's a lot so on there. Many. Yeah, even like really weird ones you've never seen before that yes. are on the arcade archives and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Well, I got retro classics two in one, bad dudes and two crude dudes. <laughs> I've never heard. It. So is this the this is the arcade version of bad dudes, right? Which I do have that one, but mm-hmm. two crude dudes I've never heard of. Is that like the sequel or what? No, it. These are these are two unrelated dudes, uh, <laughs> two unrelated pairs of dudes in the Data East universe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they actually had two crude dudes at, at Galloping Ghost. That was the first time I played it there. And I would say that two crude dudes is more the um, it's more like trauma esque. It's got the punk vibe to it, and mm. it has a outrageous kind of sense of humor. Nice. Whereas Bad Dudes is, is pretty much a straight up uh, riff on Double Dragon, so I think they're both worth playing so far. So far, um, the first thing I did with with Two Crude Dudes, I've only played it for a few minutes. I noticed that um, when you do your like your 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 punch, if you're facing left, so you'll you'll punch with your left arm. If you are facing right, you'll punch with your right arm. And you can like punch down in either direction. When I realized that, and you know, the music was kind of that has a good beat to it. I was like, I can make this guy dance. So I was just having fun making the guy dance. Like he was raising his arm up in the air, left arm, right arm. Oh, there you go. And that was a lot of fun. He make his head nod up and down. That was a good time. I suggest that if you have uh, bad dudes and two crude dudes. Yeah, Johnny Johnny Turbo's arcade, like as of right now, is on sale. Two crude dudes, one dollar ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And you can get bad yeah, dudes get, and both for four. Yeah. Yeah. There's so you can get them individually or you can get them in one game, which is what I got. I got the retro classics two and one. And also all the data East games are on sale. So if you like any of those weird, obscure oh, nice. beat em ups, they're all like two dollars or four dollars right now. I think for another day or two. It might not be my might, might might not be happening by the time I put this up, but but yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. Played some more games with my nephew. Um, we played Mario Odyssey. He loves that, and you know, doing that two-player mode where one of us can be Cappy and the other can be Mario. That's a pretty oh, ideal way to play with a five-year-old. Super Kirby Clash. Regrettably, he got into that 
and I was stuck watching him <laughs> play that for like two hours. Like, uh, so I'm on my phone and he's like, Yo, Uncle Don, are you watching? Yep, I'm watching. Uh, <laughs> you, you're like, God damn it, I don't like Kirby. Don't don't put right. that up there. <laughs> Why did I leave that on my on my switch? But he enjoyed it. Um, but the other one that we got really into was Jet Lancer. So he enjoyed uh, flying the jet around and thought it was fun to play. When we were playing it, actually, my brother-in-law walked in the room. He's like, oh, what is this? So I got him to buy it, too. Did you tell uh, him? He, did, he got into it. Did you tell him? You're like, hey, we know those guys. They were on our podcast. I did. did I did. Tell him that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, those guys, those, bit, those yeah. guys were great. Yeah, no, it was cool. We got. I mean, you were you were doing the Lord's work by name dropping because you sold a copy of it. That's right, I sold a copy. Yeah, telling them about Jet, my Jet, Jet Lancer. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, I, and I bought the I bought the soundtrack to that and listened to it a bunch yeah. of times. So I was full on supporting. I mean, well, yeah, I got we, the I, I paid for it on the Switch. I own two copies of it. Oh yeah, because yeah, because you got the Steam and then I got, you got the, the Steam other copy. One, yeah, because yeah, yeah we, we got the Switch version, which is going to be great on my Steam. But I wanted to buy the. It, yeah, the Steam Deck. Well, I wanted I wanted to buy the soundtrack so I could throw something towards the game and all that. The other thing that I did this week, not game related, but I know, I know our our audience would be interested to hear us talk about this. Sure, I, I watched, watched the new Masters yeah. of the Universe. Yeah, me too. I liked it. Did I you watch? It was really good. Did you watch it, Jeremy? Mm-mm. Okay. No, actually, Jess and I watched it, and yeah, no, I really dug it. Uh, it's um now so like I'm I you know I'm a huge fan of Kevin Smith. Uh, to yeah. a, to a point, no, no, I think he's cool. I mean, he's a ma- major reason that I ever started a podcast because he, if you listen right. to Kevin Smith's podcast, he's very much, he's very positive about telling people to go out there and like you know make your name heard and all that. And this is, I feel like he's Ke- uplifting. No, I think he's nothing but uplifting. No, he's very positive about everything, and it's really cool, like in that way. And yeah, I said it before when we had a uh, had Brian Dressel on here from After the Hype. It was like basically him and Kevin Smith were my big. Uh, inspirations or people who inspired me to do podcasting because Brian was the first person that I knew that ever, that had a podcast like as a friend and listening to Kevin Smith's podcast he would always say like you know tell people to go out and say things and all that and so I've, I've known about this show for a long time from listening to uh, Fat Man Beyond or Fat Man Known Batman before that all that stuff so I was uh, so I knew about it building up but I was I was huge into He-Man when I was a kid but I don't remember any sort of story behind so, he-man whatsoever so i still uh, have my skeletor from when i was a kid like i've never gotten rid of it i still have a lot of my old he-man yeah, toys but, but i don't remember any of them having necessarily that great of a story like i love the old uh live action he-man movie i still think mm-hmm. that's pretty good like i feel like that's held up better than the super mario Same brothers Dolph. movie has has or like other stuff like that but yeah the Dolph mm-hmm. Lundgren one i mm-hmm. still think is pretty good with courtney cox and like uh, uh billy barty is in, is in it as well but um oh and Frank Langella also. Mm-hmm. But uh but I, I like that movie a lot. But as far as like the He Man story goes, I was like, I don't know. But I felt like what they did with it was really interesting. Even though it's come under the knife, of course, because the internet sucks and they're like, Oh my god, the He Man is not in He Man. Fuck you. You're well, fuck- first it's like all, your fucking feminist you're- agenda and all this bullshit. Like it's gotten all to this weird shit, which I felt like they made it more interesting than it could have ever been, <laughs> you know. And then there's some people um, being like, "Oh, it's too gritty." It's like, but they made it interesting. It was not interesting. Uh, like a, re- so a reboot it- of He-Man, like meant nothing to me. I thought that was so. Gonna be the, it's just stupid. called Masters of the Universe, right? It's yes, called- it's not called, the original show was called He-Man, He-Man and the Masters and of the, the Universe, yeah. mm-hmm. and now this one is called Masters of the Universe Revelation. If you couldn't take from that that they're going to concentrate more on 
on the other masters of the universe, then you, you didn't read the fucking title. And yeah. But the best, but, but the best way to make a show, like make a show interesting where the main character wins every time is to get mm. rid of the main character. Right. I mean, He-Man, He-Man is not that interesting of a character. So He-Man is the Superman in this universe. Honestly, and the Prince Superman is, is the most boring. Exactly. Character. Yeah. And, and also, the yeah, Prince is sorry, sorry, spoilers, <laughs> you know, to everybody that, yeah, he man gets killed in the beginning, but I thought that was, it, it was basically like I was saying before, when we were talking about, uh, uh, when we were talking about sci-fi stuff and all that, like, or skyward sword, you know, dystopian stuff, this basically falls into that category for me. It's basically like what I love. It's like my favorite thing for actual good sequels to old stuff is where like you have the characters like in this new world where they've gone through all the shit, and they did that with this with this show really well, you know, where it's like, yeah. So He Man, well, the first thing I thought when I was watching the first episode was that I'm like, this is going to be when Skeletor wins. This is going to be like, this is going to be like the alternate ending of Dragon Quest, like what they do with Dragon Quest Builders, which I loved also, where it's like. What if the Dragon Lord won? What if we live in the Dragon World's world? And that's what I thought. I was like, oh shit, that'll be awesome. Let's make it like Skeletor won, and we're in like fucking Dragon Quest Builder's world where it's like everything sucks and it's awful and all the monsters are ruling over everything. And that's where my brain went to. But it but instead they kind of do like the uh like the Transformers movie thing where like if you remember the original great animated Transformers movie where like Megatron and uh and uh Optimus Prime kill each other, and then there's everybody else has to rebuild it from that. That's that's kind of what it reminded me of, or it reminded me of that. But same sort of thing. Well, let's get rid of the two main characters, and then we'll rebuild from there. But also, it kind of takes you to this dystopian thing past that, where like Merman is all fucked up now, like he's missing an eye and he's got scratched all over his face, and like it's more. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. Like I love it when you right. do it when you do a good trilogy. Or when you do a good sequel, not like the Star Wars ones where everybody's the same, but where you do a good one like the Turtles 4 movie where everybody's actually changed when you come back to them and you see where they've gone to. That's my favorite thing. And I feel like they've been the doing that with all of them. But I'm really. They've changed alliances yeah. in this one. Which is really oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. With Evil Lynn also with uh, so, Lena, was, Lena Hetty from uh, Game of mm-hmm. Thrones on there, which is, uh, I was like, all right. Oh, two Game of There was, was another Man at Arms with Game of Thrones also. That's true. I was watching uh, this with my my nephew again, and my nephew. Every anytime we watch something, he's at an age where he, he still thinks. Is isn't that a little you know, too who, violent who, for your nephew? I mean, there's some, uh, I don't know, there's some blood in the new one. Like they're, I don't know. I feel like they didn't come till that didn't come till later, and you know, I, I can't. I was I was watching the first one, and I thought, okay, I know that they're going for a more mature story, but but judging on the first one and then the second one. I thought, okay, they're they're not going for maturity in terms of like you know violence and blood and all that stuff. So when when the blood did come uh, in in the last episode, I, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have watched it with him. But it's I thought, fine. as far he's, he's as not other, remember I mean, it's like a, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, there like was PG, there was it's, it's PG thirteen level. It's not R rated. I mean, there was like there that. was blood in the He Man movie, the live action one, you know, and yeah, and I don't remember. I mean, you know. Even though this this movie would have broke my heart so much if I saw it as a kid, you know, and once again bringing it back to the Transformers movie, like I remember going to the theater for the Transformers animated movie, and I was so excited, and then Optimus Prime dies in the first ten minutes, and I'm like tears everywhere. I'm like, oh my god, like you killed my guy right at the beginning. That would have been me like as a kid watching Netflix and all that, being like, uh, because I cried when He Man got whipped, like in the He Man live action movie. So I mean, 
I would have hated seeing him get him killed at the beginning <laughs> of this, but whatever. I, also, I feel, but he's I at the like age him. where you definitely should. I think it's well worth the watch. At least um, I know he dies in the first episode, so it didn't ruin that much for me. Yeah, right. sorry. Yeah. Not really spoilers. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was great. Like, I really enjoyed it. I I had already seen, you know, because it it premiered like the Friday right when I got back from Abu Dhabi and all that. So there was already some rumblings on the internet on Twitter that I had seen about it, and and it's like you know everybody was like blah 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 whatever. It's on and HBO. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. But yeah. uh, but I but I had heard I'd heard Kevin Smith talk about. It. I know Mark Bernardin like helped write it, which he's the co-host on the show. He's super cool. I know uh you know Mark Hamill's on there. I mean among many mm-hmm. other voices uh as well. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar is yeah too. yeah Buffy's on See, there Mark too. Mark Hamill's in a show I just finished watching as well. Mark Hamill's in a lot of shit. He's uh, I just he's finished on. watching Invincible on Amazon. Oh there you go yeah that was good oh, that too. Was good. I really liked that yeah that was really good yeah that was really good yeah I ended up well. Speaking of uh, tablets, when I bought my Amazon tablet, I got, I got like the first like thirty issues of Invincible for free because they own, because <laughs> Amazon owns Invincible. So I got to buy the digital comics for it, which I bought it to read comics. So it was cool because it went with it. But they're like, oh hey, you want Invincible? Here's all of them. You know, read yeah, like read like the first sixty me, issues or whatever. <laughs> you know, my coworker was like, you got to check this out. Like it was just really random. He's like, I've been watching this show and it's really good. And then, he showed me like one of the most pivotal scenes from like the first or second episode. One well, there, of those there's a, ones. Yeah, there's a really pivotal yeah. one at the end of the first episode on that. Yeah, I think that's what he showed me. And then I was just like, holy shit. So I ended up checking it out. And then I've kind of been slogging my way through it. But the past couple of days, I actually had some extra time because I wasn't editing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I watched it. I, I finished it out. Yeah, it, that that last episode is... Oh, well, I'm on episode three, I think. Well, I mean, you know, that's uh, I mean, the writers Robert it's Kirkman been renewed for two more seasons. It's, yeah. it's Robert. Yeah. It's Robert Kirkman who wrote The Walking Dead, but who also <laughs> wrote Deep Cut for Jeremy and I. Battle Pope. He also wrote really? Battle Pope. Yeah, remember Battle Pope? That was a Robert Kirkman joint. I had no idea. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say like I loved everything about the show. I've, obviously, I've got some like qualms with the teenage drama, like whatever that they're just kind of making it more universal appealing but uh it also makes sense like seeing the son versus the dad i guess what their struggles are so never mind i take that back it makes sense but yeah it was cool and i like look forward to talking to my coworker about it just being like that train scene man which i'm just not gonna say what that means oh sure well i mean uh when when jess and i first started dating she was reading the comic of invincible so Mm -hmm. i like uh so I remembered her talking about it and I, you know, Robert Kirkman, he had actually been on Kevin Smith's podcast talking about this mm-hmm. animated show. And I was like, Hey, do you want, I was like, do you want to watch this? Do you want to watch this cartoon? You know, you remember the, you know, I remember you used to read the comic and she's like, yeah, sure. And, uh, and I remember we, we watched the first episode and I was like, do you remember any of these guys, these adventure like guys? She's like, no, I don't remember any of them. And they all get killed in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And that's why she doesn't remember them because I don't think they actually even existed in the comic. Like, cause it, took a long time for him to get to the point where he's at, whatever on that. But no, I, I thought it was, it was a really, I thought cool, it was really it was, good. Yeah. Yeah. It was an awesome twist on the whole, like you got the Superman character who's super boring, just like any other Superman type character. Yeah. But then you add this extra element of like mystery to it or like, I guess even more just like forensic science. Well, it's, I mean, that's, way. unfortunately that is, 
And Superman can be interesting. Watch the CW Superman and Lois, by the way. That's really good. I only say but, this uh, in general, Superman as a character. I'm, I'm not a Superman fan. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that they have portrayed him in better ways. Actually, All-Star mm-hmm. Superman, the Grant Morrison, All-Star Superman is really good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Superman has been has been portrayed really well. But I feel like a lot of times now you see like the dark Superman yeah, which is kind of what you got in the Zack Snyder thing, which I did like that. But and that's kind of what you get from this also, where it's like Superman's oh, kind absolutely. of boring. But what if he's like, or what if that person is like the ab- the absolute power of you know can just kill whoever they want, and then it becomes this you know becomes this ridiculous thing. So that's what you see a lot. But no, Invincible was fun as far as yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, cool, I'm ready for more. And then yeah, I don't know. I don't think they've announced when the second season's coming out. Um, but it's been renewed for two, so yeah, it's got like three seasons already. So it's doing cool well. To see where it's going to go next, but yeah, as far as my comic booky type stuff I've watched recently, that was the coolest I've seen. It was a uh, listening to Robert Kirkman talk about it. He actually, there were people who quit Image when he was when he was hired to write for them, which I think is hilarious. There were like old old older writers that were like, "Oh, he's here. Fuck you. I'm out of here." Like they were so mad about it when they hired him there, which I don't know. I don't know why, but I mean, cause they wanted more like superhero stuff and I thought he really nailed it big time on that. But, and thankfully he's, I don't think he's getting fucked over on this like he did for the walking dead, or at least they're not like changing the story as much. I don't think. Cause I know that, you know, the AMC one kind of really sucked I wouldn't because recommend they changed letting, it a lot from the comic. If your nephew is under the age of like 15, maybe don't let him watch this. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> no, Invincible is like super, super bloody. Like there's some ones that it's like even now at 41, I was like, holy shit. Like that third episode. There's oh, it one, made an there's one episode on that's like violence. just like super duper duper violent where I'm like, oh my God. Holy shit. So yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk about news or something? For yeah, the last of the news. We've been going. We've been going for a minute, but we haven't all been together in a while, so I figured we'd go a little bit. Longer, I know it's so. been all awesome, month. Huh? Here is the news. I promise you, it's the news. Also, complete, so there's some com- complete si- complete side note, but uh, Troma now is a is a. If you ever want to watch Troma movies, uh, they have their own uh, streaming service called Troma Now, which I got before I went to Abu Dhabi. And uh, you get a month for free, and uh, they actually work. It actually works in Abu Dhabi, which I was very surprised by. So I was able to drunkenly watch Terror Firmer and comment on it one night. So there you go. And you can actually comment on terror, on uh, trauma movies. And Lloyd Kaufman, 100% of the time, will come back and, and re-comment on your comments. So it's great. <laughs> That's awesome. The comment threads are actually pretty, awesome. pretty awesome on that. But I, I was telling Jeremy about it the other day, but it's only $5 a month. I did it just because I love the company. I've been thinking out, a lot about and I want to support them. I definitely want to watch Tromeo and Juliet with Shauna. Yeah, all, all of the Troma movies are on there, like minus like maybe uh, Class of Nukem High 2, the newest mm-hmm. one, just because I got to make some money off that. But, but yeah, any of the other ones you want to see all the way back to the early 60s stuff and the sex comedies and all that before Toxic Avenger are all on there. And not to mention all these other weird shit, other weird shit that they've distributed, plus Cannibal the Musical, and like there's comic books and live events and stuff on there as well. But it's pretty cool. I mean, I just, I made the plunge because I wanted to make sure that I had Terra Firmer available to me when I was in Abu Dhabi, because I always like to watch that movie <laughs> when I'm working on an independent movie. Yeah, and, uh, that makes sense, actually. And yeah, I downloaded, I downloaded a bunch of stuff to my phone through there, and and I found out that Terraformer is only available on Troma now, so that was another reason that I got it because you can't buy it anywhere else digitally. So that's where it is. So that's my 
was my little trauma thing on there for a second. But I, I really liked having it and on being on being uh, on working in another country. It was nice to have trauma stuff available to me to watch whenever I wanted to. And I watched like I watched like half of Terror from around the on the plane on the way back too, just because you know I I couldn't get my Chromecast to work, so I wasn't able to put it on the TV. I really wanted to make people watch it, but I wasn't able to because my Chromecast couldn't work because I couldn't connect to the hotel Wi-Fi and all that stuff. But Troma now, check it out. Five dollars a month, and you get a you get thirty days for free, so you can try it out without even I haven't even spent anything on it yet, but it's totally worth it. But news. What do you want to talk about? There was a bunch. There was a bunch of leaks this week. So, uh, first of all, twenty seconds of new Earthbound sixty-four footage were found. I watched that. I watched it in Abu Dhabi with the sound off. But I watched well because I remember I was big into at the time. Like I was reading all this stuff on Nintendo Power about the Earthbound sixty-four stuff, and I, you know, this is this is kind of what killed me about. I bought the sixty-four. I got the 64 because I was like, I wanted to, you know, because I wanted to stay with Nintendo, but also I was huge in RPGs. But then all the RPGs went to PlayStation, but I was like, but no, we'll get Earthbound. Earthbound is going to happen. And it didn't. So it just never did. I remember, yeah, reading all this. Well, stuff. you can think uh, this guy known as this person known as Zen on Twitter, they found um, on, on eBay, it was, it was this CD ROM from uh, Nintendo it was up for auctions, random CD ROM. And it was it, on the CD-ROM was 20 seconds of Earthbound footage. So the bidding started at $18 and Zen ended up paying $357 for doing the good deed of uploading this footage to the internet for there the world go. to see. And then we so got to watch you, it. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoyed watching it. And it's, if you played a, any of Mother 3 or you know how Mother 3 goes, you do, you see a lot of it in there. Cause it was the D because Earthbound 64 became Mother 3 later on, on Game Boy. So. You see that in there, some of the stuff. And the Giga Leak continues to give. There was a bunch of new information that came from the Giga Leak from over a year ago now. Uh, one of the things was that a ton of pitched titles for the revolution. Oh, yeah. Uh, which we now know as the Wii. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they had a list of titles for, for the system that never came to be. Uh, yeah, I love this. I, uh, I was looking through all these and I definitely thought the one that made me laugh the most was. New Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> it was totally <laughs> way back the way, way back when they were using. The oh, you yeah, before Nintendo. they'd even done the new thing yet, right? Uh huh. Yeah. And then there's there's a Nintendo Prime, which I also thought was hilarious. And I looked to see when Amazon Prime debuted, and it actually debuted in like 2005. So they might have called it Nintendo Prime if Amazon wanted to come in and did it first. But yeah, there's like Nintendo People's Game, mm-hmm. like the super uh, socialist version of it. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo Jukebox. It kind of makes sense with all the virtual console stuff. Game Nintendo Game Face. <laughs> I love these titles, man. I love these working titles. They're so cool. And it's kind of funny to think of they, like I mean, they almost feel like people just like it's just stuff they're throwing at walls. It's like Exactly. It's like but you're it, also seeing like Nintendo Famicom Advance. You know, like Yes. Uh, what was I that? I made a list of a couple of my favorites. I had Extreme Famicom, uh-huh. Famicom Happy. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo that one. <laughs> Uh, this one trying to bring in a couple of different systems into one. The Ultra Famicom, or I guess it would have been the Ultra NES in the United States. Interesting to see that they were thinking of continuing the the split of naming systems different things at that point. Um, the new Nintendo GameCube, Jeremy mentioned that one. Uh, Nintendo Blue Thunder. I was thinking like this is supposed to be the 
the blue ocean strategy. Mm-hmm. This like oh, sure. reference to that blue thunder. Maybe this is the coolest one. This is Nintendo Final Attack. That seems very threatening. <laughs> Nintendo Final Attack. N- uh, for N- Nintendo Game <laughs> Artist, Nintendo Game Chronicle. It's just like, yeah. Here's one for the Saturday morning cartoon fans. The Nintendo Game Master. Oh, yeah. man, I would have exploded if that would have Nintendo been a great put name. out a system called the Nintendo Game Master. Honestly, that would have been a great name for it. Nintendo Game Monolith. I mean, come on, think of, think of the Wii and how it is very monolithic and it's like its presentation, like it was the first. Well, I guess it wasn't the first console that was displayed upright like that. But. Well, I was thinking about uh, when you say monolith, I think about monolith one, one of the greatest right. developers of all time, monolith. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, that would that would have been predicting the future, right? Because that was before yeah. like monolith like became Xenoblade and fucking Breath of the Wild and Animal Crossing maybe, and like, maybe Nintendo that was like yeah. an offer on the table. Nintendo was like, hey, if you become a second party for us, maybe we'll name the system after you, huh? Nintendo Monolith. Yeah. There's there's one way. I mean, obviously they were acknowledging that the GameCube wasn't quite what they hoped it it would be, so they they were calling it Nintendo Hope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I, I, I love the GameCube. I know it didn't sell as well, but the GameCube the, the GameCube is one of my favorite systems of all time. So I mean, you know. Nintendo Life. Like obviously, maybe that was before the website. I don't know. Nintendo yeah, you just kind of see Bang. some sort of yeah. like. Hey, I'm surprised there's no Nintendo Phoenix here because they literally have Nintendo Rebirth, Nintendo Reborn. I mean, with all the Nintendo, like, I mean, Phoenix would have been a good name for the console. I was gonna say with all the Nintendo things in here, I'm surprised we don't see Nintendo Main in here anywhere. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because it's like Nintendo this, Nintendo that. Because uh-huh. I'm like, we could we could think of a new name for the podcast, like Nintendo. The ba- closest Nintendo alphabetically Big to Bang, Nintendo Main is Nintendo, Nintendo Magical Beyond. Console. Yeah, Nintendo Aqua, Nintendo Apollo. Like it's like. It's ridiculous. I think the silliest is Nintendo Go Go Machine. Go Go Machine. Oh, and N- Nintendo People's Game. It's like it's like the People's Elbow, but like Nintendo's <laughs> Nintendo People's Game. It's Absolutely, this game is for the party people. console. Nintendo Famicom Mixer. <laughs> yeah, it's the fucking Nintendo Famicom Mixer. Nintendo Crossing. Maybe they're trying to like appeal to people that were fans of Animal Crossing. Sure. Yeah. These. These are gold, and obviously they probably be belonged in obscurity. But seeing like kind of like getting a little glimpse at the the back end of naming these consoles, you're like, okay, yeah, maybe there's a little more thought than we thought. Like, how did we come about from all this? I don't know. I think ultimately it was like the eyes were in the shape of the Wiimote, and they were like, let's just do this, and then we'll call them Mies, and they were able to do a whole branding thing based on that, but. I don't know. I think they should have gone for something that was like, I remember back in the day reading an article of how it could have, should have been called the Super Nintendo. Or we know that was the Wii U that should have been called the Super Nintendo Wii. But I kind of like the, the new Nintendo GameCube. I mean, the, I mean, the Wii, well, I mean, the Wii U should have been called the Wii too, because then it would have been yeah. less confusion because people didn't know what the Wii U meant. Yeah, or Super Wii or whatever. Yeah. They should just call it Wii too. Just, I mean, that's pretty easy. Worked for PlayStation 2, you know? If it was the new Nintendo GameCube, then new Super Mario Brothers Wii would have been new Super Mario Brothers new. Yep. (laughs) Too many news. It's true. So they had some uh, Wii remote designs, which are kind of hard to talk about those on the podcast, but if you want to see some crazy looking Wii remotes, those are out there. Um, There's some new info on Wii games, including canceled Wii games, like Tennis for Wii, which was probably just folded into Wii Sports. Mm. There's a mention of Project Hammer, where Project Hammer is listed as Hammerman. 
I, I wanted to play I wanted to play Hub Project Hammer so badly. That was one of those that I felt like fell by the wayside. We we all wanted to play Project Hammer, I felt like. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talked yeah. about it at the time and I was like and I feel like didn't we talk about it a few episodes ago? Like I was I mentioned Project Hammer, but it was like it looked cool. You were like walking around with a giant hammer and hitting people with a Wii mode. I don't know. Mm. It looked fun. <laughs> I was I was into it. I, I would have tried to. I would have bought that game if I could at the time. Uh, Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn was just called Fire Emblem GC Two. Uh, oh, it's the Sphere, an unreleased N Space game, is mentioned. N Space uh-huh. about a Metroid developed by Intelligent Systems, or. Well- and 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 space was actually really cool because they made a lot of really really good first person shooters for they made guys right? for DS yeah did yep. they I guess I guess they did but they also made they also made a lot of really good first person shooter stuff for DS like they basically every Call of Duty that was on Wii was on DS also but it played really well on DS I bought all those games because they they were really cool they mentioned Project X from Retro Studios which was the action game featuring Sheik from Ocarina of Time. Man, I still want to see that game. I still want to know. I still want to know what Retro Studios was doing for so long before they supposedly were making Metroid Prime and all that. Um, what about DDR Mario Two? Speaking of DDR Mario, DDR Mario Two. That was 2. weird too because this news dropped right after. But wait, yeah, after we went the last episode. But hold on for a second. Wait, Metroid developed by Intelligent Systems? Is that real? Yep. Yeah, like the guys yeah. who yep. did Fire Emblem. Yeah, I want to see that game. So like Metroid, but like a a turn-based strategy game. It wouldn't necessarily have to be. They would just be the developer. Not necessarily. Well, well, Intelligent Systems also worked on Paper Mario as well. Mm -hmm. So, but still, you would think that that would be a Metroid RPG thing. I don't know. That's that feel like that's that's like everything combining to make my heart sing or whatever. You know, like having already seen like like Metroid and RPG, I'd be like, all right, cool. I'm into that. Yeah, I'd like to see it. People have talked about how a Paper Zelda would be really cool for years now, and pa- Paper Metroid. Oh my god, that'd be so. I, cool. I'd be into it. I mean, it's like I mean, there's like there's like Doom RPGs out there on mobile. You know, like like uh, what if our projectiles were like little paper bullets, like thrown from like little paper clips? You know? <laughs> yeah, okay. well, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Intelligent Systems has made some incredible games, incredible, incredible games. So I would love to see them, love to see them do a Metroid game. That would be. I don't know. Put it out after if Dread becomes the seller that people think it's going to be. Put it out after Dread. You know, if the notes say release sometime after Prime, then that kind of leads me to believe that became like an, another M rather than. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe Prime didn't. Maybe it was like if Prime was going to sell better because it never really, you know, it never really sold that well over here or in Japan either. So, but it was critically acclaimed. Well, it was good, but that didn't mean people bought it. I guess mm-hmm. I mean, we bought it, but you know. There's some info on more DS games, canceled DS games. Um, Pokemon Pinball could have been cool. Speaking of event space, there was Geist DS. They're going to put Geist on DS. I mean, there there were Pokemon Pinball games, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think any of those were canceled. I mean, there was Pokemon Pinball on, on Game Boy Color, and there was Game Boy Advance Pokemon. Maybe there wasn't a DS one. I don't remember there being a DS one. But the Pokemon yeah. Pinball games were really good. Really, really good. Like, I played the shit out of the Game Boy Color one, for sure. Wait, and they, wasn't there and a it had its own, uh, game on the DS that had a rumble pack that you put into the no, uh, advanced port? That was Metroid Pinball. Okay, okay. Metroid Pinball, which was also really, really good. But uh, no, no, yeah, those Pokemon Pinball games were badass, like really good. Yeah, there was there was an advanced mm-hmm. one and there was a color one. 
but the color one had a had a rumble pack on it that you put in the bottom. But they were yeah, I played the shit out of the color one so much. They were they were done really really well. How about a game from Skip, our beloved developers of uh, of a uh, Chibi Robo and and Moon, a game called Digi. How do you say this? Digitilish. 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 That's Digi- a tough one. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't released because the title's too confusing. It's like stylish, <laughs> digitilish. Yeah, it's like yeah, digital stylish, or or stylus. No, but yeah, digitilish. I feel like I'd seen that before. I mean, maybe we saw a lot of these in the IGN stuff before. I think it was a game that came out in Japan, but that didn't come out here. So, how about a game from Grasshopper Manufacturer called Contact? I remember there being a mother like I remember there being something like that. I thought that there was. I thought I read about that. Yeah, like a mother. I thought I had like seen there was that an Earthbound kind of game. Yeah. I think it may have been something else. But I do remember of, this. I, I mean, I was to say. Speaking of which, you know, Suda put like a. They put a game on Switch. They have that. Uh, um, what was it? They, they have like a visual, visual novel game on there that came out while I was in Abu Dhabi, but. There has been some grasshopper stuff that's shown up. Did not know that. I figured whenever I whenever I made it through whenever we made it through a Famicom or the uh, detective thing, Famicom Detective Club, we'd go to that. They also had, had uh, considered putting Banjo and Conquer, uh, excuse me, replacing Banjo and Conquer uh, with Dixie and Tiny and Diddy Kong Racing DS. Oh, that, I mean that makes sense. Right, that maybe they wanted to go, they wanted to make it more like the '64 game, the Donkey Kong one. Would you rather play a game called Elite Beat Agents or Supersonic Agents? Because Super that was going to be the name, Supersonic Agents. I mean, sounds like. I mean, you don't. I mean, you don't know what any of them mean at the time. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's not like oh man, I wanted. To, I mean, because actually, it, it was all just watching the videos of it for me. So it's like, uh, yeah. This next game is what I was thinking of. Actually, it was Magical Star Sign. For uh, mm. the one that was like, I played Magical Star. It was Sign. like Mother on the DS, right? Wasn't it kind of mothery? Mm, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think so at the time. Okay. It didn't. It didn't really make me feel like it. Did definitely didn't have the art style of Earthbound. That's I remember for sure. a lot of hype. For this I mean, game, I remember people I really liked it. it, and I played it, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it for the most part. I don't think I finished it, but. But it was, but it. I thought it had. I thought Brownie Brown, the guys who developed it, had some sort of involvement with Earthbound. I think it came out around. Not. It came out around the same time as the world ends with you. So it was like maybe within that year, there was just like already a glut of RPGs on the DS. Oh sure, yeah. Here they discussed plans to release DLC levels for New Super Mario Brothers. So that would have been like two thousand five. So DLC was still pretty, pretty fresh idea at the, at the time. We could have had DLC for. New Super Mario Brothers on DS. Does it, does it say plan paid DLC? No, it doesn't. It's just DLC. By hmm. Wi-Fi. So I wonder if that would have been their whole like, because back then they had like a partnership with like McDonald's where you could go to McDonald's oh, maybe. and always get online with your DS. Oh yeah, and you could get, and you could download like, go to, like Pokemon GameStop. and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. There would be like special demos during E3 and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're going to, we're going to keep finding stuff from this GigaLeak for years, I would imagine. For, didn't this I mean, GigaLeak so happen like a year long ago? Long time ago. Over I mean, a year I mean, ago. You, it was over a year ago? I mean, you said that when it first happened, that this would be something we'd be looking at for years after, and you were right. I was Because right, so it's still going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they will. I mean, there's just so much information in there that it's just going to be keeping going, going, and going, going. And I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of extraneous things, too, that are not really worth noting, so... 
it's all about people weeding through this and converting it however possible to like actually decipher what the information is within the docs. Well, I mean, some of this stuff, like at the end here where it says GameCube games, like this was stuff I already knew. Mm-hmm. Like Donkey Kong Barrel Blast and Super Paper Mario. Like we already knew those were GameCube games that were pushed yeah. to Wii later, you know. Like yeah. kind of the same thing of what we had with the Switch, where it's like a lot of this well. stuff at the very beginning was Wii U games that mm-hmm. they just pushed over. So then we would have a whole lot of stuff at the beginning. Yeah. And the same thing with the Wii. Like I, I, I knew that Super Paper Mario was a GameCube game because I watched videos of it on IGN mm. when they first premiered same with uh, with Donkey Kong Barrel Blast because that was supposed to be played with the bongos and then it got a lower score because you had to play it with motion later because you can actually yeah, like, use the what, bongos Curry's Air Ride was originally a 64 game that got pushed up to the GameCube and... oh, yeah or like Dan- Dinosaur, Dinosaur Planet, Planet Dinosaur Planet yeah. as well like there was a lot of them yeah that were just yeah a lot of this stuff reminds me of that sort of thing where it's yeah. just like this needs more time to cook we might as well just put it on the new console and have more resources. Yeah. Or it's like stuff that it's like, yeah, we got the next one. So yeah, just push mm-hmm. it over so then it'll come out right out of the gate. So it'll be like, Oh, mm-hmm. we got more games and all that stuff. So like I said, same thing as switch where all this stuff that came out right at the beginning of switch were Wii U games, but they just pushed it over. Well, let's talk about some DLC that we are actually getting on the switch. Um, Nintendo has confirmed that they're making new animal crossing content. And in fact, an update is coming on July 29th. We're going to get weekly fireworks and new seasonal items. Wow. I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind of what we've always got, but I'm waiting for, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's they have a lot of Animal Crossing people. Uh, Jess still plays it every day. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's you know. It won't bring me back. There's still a lot. Of, well, I mean, there's still a lot of things they haven't done that they did in previous yeah. Animal Crossings that they should still bring right. over, so. I think the only thing that's going to bring me back is if they have a significant multiplayer update where you could actually, like, I don't know, play games against each other I mean, or do I mean, something rather than running around and fishing together. Sure. I mean, well, and, and some people just want just want want to be able to have people in their town visit their house, like just, you know, things that you were able to do, like way back in the GameCube times where you just want somebody to just come by that, and hang out with the you. Fact that- yeah, we talked about this last week, or was it the week before? It was the week before when we talked about how just Animal Crossing New Horizons, that game by itself, has outsold the entire Metroid franchise, like every single Metroid hey. game. Like, I believe it. Does Nintendo really need to support this anymore? They've sold so much of it, and like, I know, but anybody they, uh, that hasn't but, bought it yet has FOMO, and that's why they're. I mean, it. but they should because yeah. they have so many people on there that they should. No, I agree. I mean, they keep they giving should. to Smash Brothers. I mean, how but many do did those sell? To? Is the question? I mean, they well, don't—they yeah. don't have to do anything. Smash but Brothers they was also sold from the get-go that it was going to like have this crazy future support. And I don't think Animal Crossing ever really was sold that way. I thought that was the idea that it was <laughs> that Animal Crossing, instead of having all the stuff available from the beginning, like the GameCube one, that they were going to add it later. So we expect, yeah, but that it was after a year, you don't expect anymore. Sure, for a game that exists in a one-year cycle, literally. Yeah, and, yeah and, I can and, take it or leave it. I mean, we already put like 500 hours into it. So I don't want to play like... Animal Crossing New Horizons anymore. I will play the next one. I will play the shit out of the next one. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> hey, if if they put if they put cool New stuff Horizons in there, I'm, 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 I'm at my back at this point. I'm I'm fine. I'm I mean, I would love for them to add more stuff to it. I will come back and play oh, it. Oh, me too. But I won't. My island was pretty dope. Yeah. So. 
If they add guys, like collectible games, maybe, but yeah, that's never gonna happen. Are you guys interested in getting Amaterasu for Monster Hunter Rise? Well, kind of. I didn't even know about this until I just saw it written here. <laughs> yeah, crossover crossover on their from their own company there. From another. Oh, Capcom it's just pa- a Palamut costume. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just for the dog. I thought you would actually fight or have them as a. Well, yeah, I guess they would be a, a familiar if you were you dressed your Palamut as them. Yeah, I don't care. It has the it has like the flowers growing up around you as you Maybe. run around, but I'm the only monster hunter I play is stories, so that's a I mean there's more for I'm, me to do in Rise yet, but I have had no desire to go back to it recently. Yeah. I don't think Amaterasu is gonna pull me back. But I may do it or uh, Amaterasu. I may I may try using her once I play again. Hitman three is getting a pretty huge update. You know, they're doing the there are seven deadly sins uh, every month. Yeah, you bought uh, that. You bought that deal. I bought that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well worth it too. It's thirty bucks. Have uh, you have you played uh, it? Have you gone back and tried it? I still play Hitman. Yeah, I just kind of stopped talking about it as much, but I still play Hitman pretty <laughs> regularly. Um, uh, this one is actually, I think, I think this is the coolest update so far. So it's certainly, I think, the biggest update. So there's a whole lot to it. Um, First of all, there's the Lust Assignation, which is a, the new mission where you have a secret admirer and you've got to find clues to determine who it is. And you get a crossbow and a red suit with this new mission. So you're like Cupid. Uh, kind of. Kind of sounds like except, mm-hmm. except for you're more like doing detective work where you're trying to mm-hmm. figure out who your, who your crush is. And you're like in, there's this nightclub level, which is set in the nightclub level. And the whole nightclub is redone in this like very I don't know red velvet silky smooth kind of creepy but kind of romantic look um yeah points to the team for like taking the same locations and redoing them in different interesting ways and you know I've spent hours in this nightclub already but it's just cool to see it all done in this whole different way they put a lot of effort into it um I played it last night and had a lot of fun with it sometimes it, it, a lot of times with Hitman, I'll just get on it. I just want to mess around. I just want to like do the whole like you know poking at the ants in the in the ant farm or whatever, mm-hmm. screwing things up. That that's like the most fun. But this is making me want to actually go back and like play missions and like try try this, these new story elements that they're actually doing. So they're they're really cool. They're a really unique take on on a game that I've been playing for I don't know how, how many months now, five six months. So I'm really enjoying it. Now, all Hitman 3 owners can try the Marrakesh level for free until August 8th, which is a level from, I think it's Hitman 2. So uh, if you have Hitman 3, you can try this level from Hitman 2 for free. Uh, there's They do this thing called Elusive Targets, which is cool uh, that I mentioned before. These are targets that show up and they're only available for a couple of days and you get one chance at them, which I think is just such a cool thing. Like, this is it. If you mess up, that's it. You can never try this again. And so there's an extra level of pressure and tension, which Hitman is already a really tense game. But uh, these are tough too. Like I've so far, I've never gotten one. I've tried five. I would be pissed because you pay for that. Yeah, that's just, that's true. I mean, but you pay for you pay for the experience. It's almost like a gotcha it, kind of thing. It's like you might mm-hmm. win this thing if you're good enough. But this is totally based on your skill. And so far, I'm not mm-hmm. good enough to have won. 
I never feel like it's been unfair. I think it's, I think that when I do eventually win one, it'll be like all the more special. Like, Oh, I finally got one. Cool. So this one's called the heartbreaker, which there's a wedding taking place at the winery. The winery is one of my favorite levels. Um, and you've got to kill the wedding planner. There's a second one that they're doing this month, um, which is in uh, Marrakesh. You've got to kill the mastermind of an underground circus. His name is Mr. Giggles. <laughs> yeah. And there's um, a third thing, which is a, uh, they're calling this a permanent event. So the Dartmoor level, which is the murder mystery level, they're going to have a garden show. So you're like, socializing with people and like drinking wine and looking at flowers and stuff. And uh, they haven't gone into the story of it yet, but I guess I got to kill somebody there. So I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, whoever agree the biggest zucchini you have to kill them. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I say you got to kill somebody in all of them. And then there's a couple of new uh, featured contracts coming, which are like curated. You know, you can, you can do, you can like sort of create your own missions in the game. These are a curated uh, missions by guests you know they've done like one with kind of funny games and other notable people so yeah there's a lot to this game and it just keeps keeps giving for sure i'm gonna get it eventually i do plan on buying it if it ever the goes time is right if it ever goes on sale hot. a little bit more yeah i'd probably rather get it on the ps4 at this point but i have not played my ps4 since i moved so not looking good for the ps4 right now. <laughs> i mean i haven't i haven't played mine since i don't know when I da- I remember I downloaded Tony Hawk on there, but never never played it. The Tony Hawk downloaded it again, but didn't get to it. But also, I haven't been home in like weeks, so or I haven't had much time at home in weeks. So somebody found some evidence that WarioWare Get It Together is going to have online play. Okay, I, I didn't read into this too much, but that's pretty I cool. I'll take so. it. And they think that from here on out, any party type game they release, I'd find it really like weird if it didn't have it on there. Mm-hmm. Right. But also, like, WarioWare has mm-hmm. always been kind of weird as far as multiplayer goes. I mean, the original WarioWare you played with, like, the same Game Boy, like, mm-hmm. holding either sides of it. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, somebody's restoring the Mario anime in 4K. I think they already did. They already restored it. It's on, it's on, uh, it's on YouTube. I watched it or I watched parts of it. Well, it's it's uh it's on YouTube, but I think Someone's we watched the same one frame by frame, cleaning it up, making it look nice. 4K, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is the one that was this was on one of our That's Patreon only episodes where we were talking about mm. best uh, video game movies. Which... And I put it up there. I think I put it at number four or something. Yeah, it I was, it was it, pretty good. It was great. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like everybody should watch it if they hadn't haven't before and. You should definitely watch it because it has a nice, like, it has an ending that you never expect from a Mario movie. So, yeah, it was a weird surprise. I don't want to say what it was, but yeah, I was just like, oh shit. Okay. Let's just say it was a lot like Invincible. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I I don't want to, I will never say what it is on here because I want people to actually watch it because that ending is great. And people, by people, I mean Jeremy. So, watch it. Oh, right. I'm a people. You guys interested in the Pokemon live action series being developed at Netflix? No. Sure. <laughs> I, they said that I don't know. They're not the same. They're not affiliated with the people who produced Detective Pikachu, but that's the level that they're aiming for. I mean, so, yeah, maybe. Sure. I don't know. I mean, I, the only reason I watched uh, the He-Man one was because it was only five episodes, so it was really easy to get right. through. And Kevin Smith was affiliated. With and it was really short. Yeah. I mean, it was easy to 
Yeah, get Wes Anderson involved with the Pokemon series. Maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like the fantastic Mr. Detective Pichu, Pikachu. <laughs> so we, we should mention that Activision Blizzard is in some trouble over, uh, well, they, they're being sued by California over widespread harassment of women. So does that make it, is that a civil suit at that point? Or is it a class action? I mean, is that, that's what I actually meant. Is that like considered class action if there's like several people contributing to the lawsuit? Or I think that... this is different. I think this is because this is not coming from individual citizens. It's coming from the state itself. The state itself is like representing like saying like people. Yeah. Like saying these guys are not adhering to the rules and and we don't want that kind of business in California. So I was kind of following this a little bit and I saw that. You know, obviously they, I guess you'll get into it a little bit more, but there was like, they were offering to give people paid time off for their walkout. But I also read another person saying like, don't accept that because then you're on record saying you walked out. Like, I don't know what, if that, would that actually kind of a weak way to walk out be like, I'll walk out, but I'm going to get paid. Well, no, but they offered it. It wasn't that they asked for it. It was like. Well, okay, you can do the walkout and we'll even pay you for it. But like in a way, you're kind of like saying like, well, in a way they're saying we'll keep the machine running. In fact, we don't even need you. We'll just keep paying you. Like that's kind of how I interpret that. Mm. I don't interpret it as a company that cares. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really, it's, I don't know. It's weird because, you know, harassment of women in the video game industry is everywhere, especially from our big friends, IGN. I mean, and, probably uh, since and the they, very beginning. And they have not—they have not got any of this, and they've harassed all sorts of people on there for years. I don't even know whatever happened with so, that I mean, giant. Yeah, uh, that uh, that last huge thing at IGN that kind of is like it kind of fizzled out. Yeah, kind of got quashed. Yeah, it, it's just—it's yeah. just like I mean, it sucks, but yeah, it's everywhere. Like it's—I mean, I've seen even friends of the show getting harassed on Twitter for just mm-hmm. for being female, you know, or whatever, and it's stupid, but. This is, I mean, hopefully this is the beginning of a lot of other things and there's some sort of reckoning on this is what I'd like to see. But no, seriously, it's everywhere. Like, especially, I mean, like I said, you're from happy with seeing justice carried out, it still fucking sucks because you just wish this wasn't even a thing in the first place. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But it's every, but I'm saying it's all, it's not just these people. It's everywhere. No. In fact, and this other is like a big places should actually exactly. get, get this as well. I mean, you know? this is fucking blizzard. Like, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's Overwatch. That's World of Warcraft. I mean, most of our listeners probably know that already, but Activision ain't David Crane's pitfall company no more. I mean, Blizzard, I even bought I even bought the Blizzard collection because of uh, because of Blackthorn. You know, I mean, I, I bought a Blizzard thing. So, you know, I don't know. It's just stupid. Just it's like, why do you have to be so angry about it? Like women are just you think of like video games and just tech in general being like the cutting edge of you know everything, and then you look at it and it's like, oh, it's a bunch of like cave etiquette. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, it's it. What what's ridiculous is you know like women were like the first people who were doing like who who were like doing like a um who were like doing like a computer stuff, but then once it became fashionable, men took it over. But before, but by way back in the times when it wasn't cool to like, you know, to, to be good at that, to be good at doing computer shit, women like were doing it. Stuff, yeah. But then it was like, oh, no, wait, it's cool. So then they, 
So then now, then men oh, were doing it once they realized it was this is a man's yeah. job. No, but but women were do were doing all the technical shit like way back when before all of this, and yeah, it's it's, it's so dumb, and they just switched it over. And it's like, oh no, wait, no, it's it's cool to do that. No, no, you're not allowed to do it anymore. No, now now it's a male thing. It's like, okay, yeah, there's some of the. I I mean, I will admit, I don't, I haven't followed this super closely. I mean, I've seen, obviously, there's the big walkout, and I've seen like the actual like some of the text of the lawsuit and all that. But I mean, I wish I could say it surprised me, but it doesn't. It's a huge company that's existed for this a really long time, and like. The people who are installed at the tippity top have probably been there for years and years and yeah. just have this super outdated way of viewing the world and how things should be. And they're just terrible people in general. Yeah. They did. I felt like they did it. They, co- I felt like they covered it really well on uh, Acts of the Blood God. Once you're able to listen to that one on the free feed, definitely listen to it. But that being a podcast led by two women, they did just, anyone. They just, uh, they just I talked about see, how much uh, uh, abuse they'd gotten in the industry over mm-hmm. years, you know. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I obviously, I mean, you know. I saw Cat. Even though I think I think Cat like, Bailey's like one of like one of the greatest like video game reviewers or voices or whatever on the internet and you know, sexism. It's all over the place. Like it's I mean, you have to start from somewhere and they, you know, they basically gave her and Nadia like nothing from the beginning and they talk about that and yeah. I do. I do want to listen to that. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah. We also want to say congrats to a friend of the show, David Walker, who is uh, now doing stuff for IGN. It's like, how many friends can I have that will eventually work on IGN? Hopefully, everyone who's ever wanted to work at IGN will Hopefully. eventually get there. I mean, I follow Dave David on a uh, Twitter, and he hustles the fuck. So, like, he he hustles a lot. So. Oh yeah, no, I'm he glad. does a lot of I'm great glad shit. He got hired. And I've watched. I mean, I've watched his YouTube videos and liked them and reposted them and all that stuff and. Yeah, yeah, he I, makes a lot of content, and it's really good. It's high quality stuff that you can tell he puts his heart and soul into. So I'm really happy that he got picked up by IGN. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yes, David. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. talk to you again about it in the future, and <laughs> you come back and talk to us. But yeah, and an awesome Pokemon Unite video, by the way. Uh, go take a look at that on YouTube. But I think we we should definitely wrap this up soon because we're sure. getting, getting pretty high. a little long here. Is there anything else you oh. want to say before we, before we end here? We should do like maybe two more news things and then call it a day. I just want to blast through a couple mentions. So Hades won game of the year at 2021 GDC Awards. So congrats to Hades. At this point, it's like, cool, throw it on the pile. Hades yep. is great. Good job, Hades. I've been telling everybody that since September of last year. does make you want to, want to play it. Yeah, between your, your recommendations and then the continued mentions of it over time makes me interested. The GameCube emulator Dolphin now has a built-in Game Boy Advance. I think that's cool. Like this thing is, I, I, I was toying around with it a couple weeks ago, and this is like a premier, the premier emulator for GameCube. Now they've finally added this huge piece of the puzzle, the Game Boy Advance connectivity. That's that's pretty cool. So does it actually acknowledge all the like? So with the Game Boy Advance emulator, does it allow you mm-hmm. to do the link feature within the app? I don't remember if that. Well, so it'll like, it looks like it, it automatically pops the whatever the GameCube, the Game Boy Advance information uh, was into like a separate window. Okay, that's cool. That it's a separate window because I was thinking mm-hmm. if it was just run like a Game Boy Player, then obviously it would just be emulating it within 
the emulation, but does it function as a separate Game Boy plugged in? Because that would be cool. Yeah, I don't know. I look into it a little bit more. All right, one, uh, great. one, one more, one more news, one more news item. Then we gotta go. Which one? Doctor Mario important? World is shutting down in November. <laughs> that you know what that that was the one that was the one mobile game that I played the most out of all the Nintendo mobile games. So I am kind of a tiny bit sad about that because I did play a lot of that when I was when I was doing deliveries, and it, even though it was very different from the other Doctor Mario stuff. I did. I did enjoy that one, but they're cutting the, cutting the cord on it. Which what I was thinking when I saw that, and I thought maybe John would say this, is maybe that means that we'll get a new Doctor Mario for Switch. Hey, I didn't think about that till right now. I thought you might think about that because it'd be like I don't know the positive side of it, where it's like, well, maybe that means they're going to try to do a different thing, and maybe it'll be on Switch. That makes sense to me. Or maybe they want to do a different Doctor Mario that's available on mobile and Switch, but. I don't know. They should. I mean, you know, you've talked many times about loving Dr. Mario and loving the multiplayer Dr. Mario that was on Wii and all that, and maybe that means that we would have that on Switch. Dr. That Mario 99. Make it happen. Yeah, it'd be great. All right. I think I think we should call it because that's a lot for me to work through. Uh, or we could just give it to Jeremy and he can edit it again. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, he, he already did enough. But no, uh, thanks everybody for listening to our podcast uh, hopefully we didn't talk too long to you about uh but i've been gone for two weeks so i had a lot to say so you know i even i even kind of jinxed myself where i said that i'd ramble for 40 minutes and i ended up rambling for an hour so there you go but yeah uh if you if you want to hear more of us aside from this giant episode you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and you can hear our bonus stuff we did an episode about our favorite funny moments in games and comedy and all that stuff which I thought was pretty good. So check that out for only a dollar. You can hear our bonus episodes and stuff like that and hear everything 12 hours in advance and at a higher bit rate and all that fun stuff. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And I think at Twitter, I'm at Nintendo underscore domain and Jeremy is at jmaxstack. And I promise soon I will stream again, twitch.tv slash Nintendo main podcast. I've been thinking about it. It's going to happen soon enough. I thought about doing motion controlled Skyward Sword, but I will definitely stream stuff. And actually, at some point, I'm going to play through all of the Metroid games again before Dread comes out. So that's definitely going to be a stream thing. Well, see, the fun thing is there's not that many of them. I was going to play through all of the 2D ones first, and if I have enough time, I'll get to the Prime ones. But the fun thing is this is Metroid 5, so there's only four 2D games, and they're not really that long. I mean, I beat Super Metroid in an hour and a half when I was in high school. So, I mean, there's not that much to do. So, at some point in the future, I will be streaming all of the Metroid games. So, the the 2D ones, for sure. And if I have enough time, I'll do the other ones. And I would love to play Other M again, because I really enjoyed Other M at the time it came out. And I know it got a lot of shit, but I do still have it, and I'd like to play it again. So, stay tuned for that. If you look at look at our Twitters, you know, we'll, we'll put it up on there. Or on the face group, group or the Facebook group and all that stuff. But thanks everybody for listening to us. Uh, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Jeremy Kowski. John Nitter. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you.
waiting this for meeting there. is being recorded there she is I'm waiting for that lady oh did i miss her tone so much in my ear yelling at me Whoa. Whoa. Oh, Jeremy, you, you've turned into this is like some Star Trek shit. We found out that Jeremy was really the computer of all of us in the end. He never really existed. Uh, he was really the the <laughs> woman with the recording voice the whole time. Yeah. 